0: Episode number 104 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan, myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, that's a fair barnet you've got on the top of your head there. What's that about, eh?
1: It's a lockdown barnet. So, good evening, Kyle evening listeners. I, we, well, we should lead off with that is thank you to Michael Cross and Pop-Up, who have provided us with our fantastic new intro you've just heard.
0: Now. I, we we just had a chat with Michael just before the show, and what a guy! Like you know, Giffnock Giffnock North guy, a, a cross country uh, dubs man, you know, and, and a fantastic rock rock singer too. So um, I'm 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 loving it. I'm loving the new tunes, and uh, and we're gonna have that as part of the intro as well. So you'll you'll hear that later on in the show again. And um, so so if you. You know when we, we'll put the, we'll put the interview in, and you can hear all about um pop up the band so um so yeah, exciting times eh, Tom
1: indeed, and th- you know thanks to everyone who got in touch what, offering up your um your you know tunes and your services to record something there' were so many of you it was it was really touching for us to to get all that um but and yeah we're we really really like that new intro this week, just uh just to wh- whet your appetite so we 've got some really cool stuff for you this week uh, Kyle 's been speaking to. Um, british athlete olympian chris o 'Hare so i 'm um, really excited to get chris on um we 're going to talk our usual rambles as well we 've got some rants and whatnot um, and this week the episode is brought to you by windswept Brewing, which is pretty cool so we 're um yeah we 're really pleased to be to be working with a a northeast based brewery oh it 's exciting
0: it 's uh... Have you had
1: any of the beers yet? Or? So I am now sitting, uh, as we record, I'm having a, a bottle there, Hurricane, which is one of the session IPAs, a nice 4.5% uh, IPA, going down a real treat. And, you know, Windswept are a brewery based up in in Lossiemouth, um, up in the Moray Coast. And and their their mantra, their motto, if you like, is best when you've earned it. So they're all about, it doesn't matter if you're running, if you're sailing, if you're climbing, if you're cycling, if you're um canoeing a beer is best when you've earned it so uh, that really that really sits well thought with us so we're looking forward to talking to uh recording over the next few weeks with a, a different
0: wind sweat beer each week i'm excited to get my hands on uh, some of them uh, hopefully next week i'll have them but lockdowns hasn't given me the opportunity to to get them from Tom, tommy's house yet but um but yeah, I like the motto. You know, best when you've earned it. There's nothing worse having a beer when you haven't earned it. So.
1: Exactly. And actually, <laughs> you're feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, beer, you I guess it. there's a time and a place for that. But I mean, they've got they've got some great beers. Um, I've been. I see. I'm I'm drinking Hurricane tonight, which is, um, obviously with the that sort of Murray Coast RAF based theme to it. Um, you know, which is which is cool. I'm a big fan of their um of their Wolf beer actually, which is really nice. It's a um dark scottish ale but they've just released this week which i haven't tasted yet which i've i've got on order is their um witch pricker which is a new one it's a, a chocolate stout which i'm which is which is absolutely my cup of tea so really excited to try that um and yeah so yeah listeners, it's a it's a cool brewery we're we're loving their stuff so yeah um if you're interested they're still operating still selling online so jump on their website and yeah we're looking forward to bringing you some more, um, more stuff with windswept over the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Brilliant. Right, so do you want to – well, how are we going to start? I, do you know what? I feel a little bit rusty with the good old tartan running shorts, Tom.
1: Let's go let's, – um, I mean, and do you know listeners, to be fair, uh, Kyle and I, when we're pulling up the notes, we were so, like, well-versed in, right, we're going to go, what, what's our training? What's the results? But now we've got nothing to talk about because so, there's bloody lockdown. So let's talk – let's get Michael Cross on. Talk about, um talk about the music which you just heard. How about that?
0: Yeah, let's go for it, Tom. Here it goes.
1: Michael Cross, tell us about you and the band.
2: Yes, uh, hello. My name's uh, Michael. I play in a band called Pop Up from Glasgow. Uh, we were formed about 15 years ago. Lucky enough to a cool lot of stuff. Toured in America, um, released a records and a couple of singles, um, played a few festivals, small record dealer too, and then disappeared off the face of the earth for a number of years <laughs> from about 2011 until now. And you're you're back with uh, a fantastic we can lock lockdown beard. Aye, Aww. that's it. Um, the, that's that's what was missing. That was what was wrong ten years ago. Didn't have the beard, <laughs> so we're, like, bouncing back with the beard.
1: Yeah, but we I we're, mean we're we're, we're chuffed a bit to with this with this new intro it really feels like it just it just exudes trs and everything that we want to be about um so chinese burn when how old is the song when was that
2: written so that was uh released i think in about 2008 on an album a time in a place Um, so it was 12 years ago Um, it is a, a great kind of punky riff Um, people do like it we used to love playing it in the set live going absolutely mad playing it um, but and when I seen you guys post, because I'm a fan of the show, listen to the show, um, I just thought that it matched up. Uh, I'd, you know, the riff um, lends itself to the dynamic of running. Um, the I think the pitch had something about the burn of the road or something like that. So that was yeah. like a little serendipity kind of moment there. I thought Chinese burn right. That's it. I've got to put a pitch in here. So oh, yeah,
0: that's cool. It's it's amazing. I was saying to you earlier. I, I, I went out for a wee. A wee rep session and I had the fire in my belly, like on repeat. Listen to Chinese burn while I'm doing my my minute reps, and it was amazing. Is it make
2: them faster or slower, Kyle? Was it? Well, it do, kept...
0: do you know what? I think I peaked too early. You know, the <laughs> first uh, the first half I was proper going for it, thinking this is amazing. You know, bouncing along the road, you know, jumping over the, you know, all these folk who were walking and avoiding me by two meters, and then yeah, the second half of the run was just. Oh, I was I was dying by the end of it. So, uh, I, I, yeah. So, but I'm I'm, I'm like, I, I think it's an amazing track. And um, what what we will say is we'll probably put, try and play the whole the whole song in the first episode. But. Um,
2: but have a have a listen. The yeah. band is I, amazing. You know, like I, I, yeah, thank you. That's very kind of you. Just a, a word of warning if you are going to play it <laughs> I know
1: where he's <laughs> going
2: with this. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the lyrics, um there are there are a few expletives. <laughs> yes. um, and and actually I, I think I was saying to Tom earlier, um it it was lucky enough to get played on Radio One years ago. And the DJ at the time, a guy called Hugh Stevens, was playing it in Radio One on the evening before the the watershed. I must add, and and on about the third or fourth F words, he had to pull, he had to pull it off air and make an on air apology. So,
0: oh
1: dear. In
2: some ways, that's kind of cool. But uh, anyway, uh, just just word one warning. I don't know how it works for you guys, but
0: it's well. It's funny you say that because when I was listening to it, it's really hard to make out
2: the F words.
3: Good.
0: Good. So um I think, you know, we don't really have that many junior listeners who no. in fact I don't think we have any. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's so, not uh, finest like <laughs> oh, but so so not only not only do you listen to the show, you're you're clearly a, a runner by the look yes. of that, you know, maybe an ultra runner with the look of that beard you've got, but uh, well, that's yeah. what I'm going into. I mean. <laughs> yeah. so, so you're doing mar. Marath- you, you, you've done mainly marathons. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Is that your main yeah. So I,
2: I'm at Giffnock North yeah. um, in Glasgow Great Club, and I came back to the club after about eight or nine years away. Kind of like the band thing. Um, yeah. You're back two years ago, um, and that's been great. Um, came right into the mix and start racing again, which I love, um, and getting uh, on the scene. And then luckily won the club's only place for the London Marathon. And that was just names out of a hat. They got one place. You know how they've reduced the number of allocations for the club? So I got the place um, and that was London Marathon last year and I got 247 and that oh, was my amazing. target was to get my foot in the door to get qualification yeah. time for this year which obviously we don't know when it's going to happen but that yeah. that was an amazing, I was speaking to you guys earlier about it, best running experience of my life so I think I've, oh. I've got the bug for marathon or more.
0: Yeah, nice. that's a, that's a cracking debut to, to, to run a 247 year first marathon, bloody hell. Thank you know, you. Yeah.
1: you've got a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm as always, going through your Power 10, you've got a, a strong park run resume and you've also got, I see you ran the National this year, kudos at oh, Well,
2: yeah, thank you. I mean, I love the park runs. Yeah, that's nice to just watch uh, week to week how you can kind of push it and that sort of thing. The Nationals this year, did you guys do, guys do the Nationals this year?
1: No, we were un- unable to make it, unfortunately. Oh it was a brutal though the looks of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm...
2: i The only good thing about doing the Nationals this year was being able to tell the story about it afterwards. <laughs> it, was, it was sideways. I've never experienced it. We got up to the top of the hill, the start of the Nationals. I had to change the start. I don't know if you remember what it's like then at Falkirk Cowes There was a big yeah. flood at the bottom and it looked like a permanent lake, a rock. <laughs> but we had to move it up the hill. And Bloody you had like 500 guys at the top of this hill, all kind of looking like maybe beards and stuff like that. And it was <laughs> sideways hail, snow, ice, and everybody uh, was huddled together. It was so blustery that no one heard the starting gun, and then people just started running off, and it was just, <laughs> we just chasing up this hill, going, have we started? And then everyone's exposed flesh and getting this sideways hail into them.
3: Uh,
2: for the first mile or two, I mean, my... Uh, hands went numb. Um, oh to to the, so it was a really brutal experience. Total classic mm-hmm. Scott, uh, cross country, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know it's live to tell the tale kind of oh, thing.
0: Bro, and that that that's that's the bread and butter for your marathon as well. You know you would Aye, you, yeah. You come back so you know any races if you can do the cross country and can you know compete in those conditions, well it, it makes a, a huge difference to some of the other faster. PB type races when you get on the road. So Aye, so, so what are you what are you planning now then after COVID and after lockdown you got anything else coming up? Running wise, um,
2: yeah. yeah yeah. So um, basically had a place for London uh, which has been rescheduled to October, but yeah. don't expect that to happen. So it'll probably be next year, I'd imagine. Who knows yeah. when. Um, and I think this year's kind of road racing circuits off and the track's probably mm. off because I don't yeah, imagine we'll yeah. get much until towards yeah. the end of the year. So it might just be straight back into cross-country circuit again. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like... As you were. <laughs> Pretty much as be, you yeah. were. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it, it was just like yesterday and back at it. <laughs> it'll um,
0: be a fall out without the, you know, without the participants because it'll be time trial only. You know, well, that's it, to, yeah. <laughs> You'll have <an laughs> yeah. allocated
2: time slot, right? it won't be that massive. people to shield you yeah. from the <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think like, you guys yeah. probably know, but I get the bug for the marathon. Once I've done that one nice. last year, now got my yeah. foot in the door. Want to try and qualify for some of the majors and nice. take it from there. Yeah, um, really brilliant. excited about that. About you know yeah. pushing yourself and seeing where you can where you can go to and participate in new races and that sort of thing. Yeah, very good. The
0: other, other side of things in terms of the the music what's what's happening with that the, yeah are you, are so, you guys farming
2: virtually at the moment and then I, so we'd we had been away as i touched on earlier for a number of yeah. years different reasons family life all the rest of it i mean this record that was pretty much made our best stuff but we hadn't released it so over the last few months we've been back playing and then it was kind of in lockdown We had this extra time we're like what we're going to do with this record and we're in touch all the time and eventually we got it together Got the yeah. track list, got the album together, put it together, um and we're able to release it. And that was amazing, really great to release it. We can virtually and get it out there. Yeah. It's yeah. allowed us now to, you know, even you know, look on and Make more music, and we're doing it virtually. We've now kind of caught up with the world. So I've got about ten years behind everyone else in terms <laughs> yeah. of being able to record stuff on your own laptop and send it. to your <laughs> yeah. date. So, but, but do
1: you know the new that. the the new album? Whimpers. I, I mean, I I'll be honest. I hadn't listened to any of your stuff till you got in touch the last yeah. week. I listened to it uh, a week. It's great. I mean, follow as particularly. I'm a, I really enjoy that tune. Like a so I would really recommend giving it a listen. Great. All right, that's my
2: that's my personal favourite. I would say on the, the album, I, I can't speak to the others th- uh, four or three, but um, yeah, that's a that's a decent tune. That one. Yeah. yeah. And good. how's it? What's the best way of like you know getting a hold of the music? And um, yeah i mean it's on all the usual digital platforms now that's how we did it so easily there so yeah. spotify itunes all the rest of it we've got the facebook and stuff if you want to find it i'm sure you'll find it carl you know just search the, the name and it, it'll be there uh, i think we've got vinyl of a few of the singles in the past so they're kicking about there's still yeah. plenty of those <laughs> Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <Somewhere>. Uh,
0: <laughs> will you it. be will
2: you be playing
1: live again after the after the after lockdown ends
2: um, I don't know I, I'd, I'd love to play live again um, I'd oh. love to it's a kind of magic thing when you're making music with people um, out of, yeah. you're you're playing to anyone um, in order to make music so I, I hope so
1: because we yeah. can add that to the TRS the to-do list is to come down
2: that'd be <laughs> aye, that that'd be like this a sort of running music music oh. press combo that'd be amazing yeah. Aye. yeah
1: running music beers yeah that sounds like a pretty yeah. solid night
0: aye oh, yeah. yeah this is yeah the TRS ideas are going wild yet again, Tom
3: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right well w- oh. thank you anyway thanks again for the for uh, for contributing to TRS your your, your TRS team is growing uh, rapidly. It's great to have you on board yeah oh, it's, it's, it's
2: a highlight of, of our, careers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a highlight so our careers Honestly, really yeah. that was really really cool actually it's one of the yeah. coolest things so delighted and love the show yeah oh, thanks awesome. so much.
0: All right. so yeah, brilliant, excellent, great to hear from Michael, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the music. So now you've heard the, you've heard the intro, and you've heard the intro to the interviews as well. So it's uh, it's all and up. And finally, in terms of in terms of music, you know, we we had the end of the show with uh, Ali McIver, who who sang the the outro. So hopefully you enjoyed that too. So we're we're proper. Rebranding TIS is we are re-branding. completely rebranded, hasn't it? You know,
1: yeah, re-branding. Ali. I mean, we didn't we we gave we kind of we didn't actually give them the shout out, you're right, last week. Um, Ali, thank you so much as well. That is it was really cool, and uh, a lot of people got last week got in touch and they loved it. Um, I didn't realize that's the theme to money heist. <laughs> I mean, it was it was actually a shout out to Morag Miller sent me a message saying she loved the outro and that it was it was like she's a big Money Heist fan. I didn't really get it. Like, apparently, it's it's uh, the theme of Money Heist.
0: So yeah, thank you, Ali. But thank you, Money Heist. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, hey, it wasn't. Uh, the, I th- it was more that it was so witty, you know. And oh. Ali is so witty, and you, you when, when you chat him on, on the socials, he's he's a switched on guy and a big fan of the show. So Indeed. yeah, thanks so much. I um, love the, I
1: love the bit where it's like running can be brutal, but never savage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was excellent. Or savage, but never brutal.
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, I suppose talking about, uh, you know, the non brutal training that we've been doing, it's been fantastic weather last week, but this weekend, it's, it's happened to be a slightly brutal and there, uh, I tell you what Tom the the best photo of the, the photo of the week goes to Tommy and uh, on Strava that that face you pulled cheese oh it was brutal was it, was it, right it, it was it was proper hot and sunny in afrid so i don't know where you get the brutal from
1: it was one it was one degree or oh, i'm exaggerating here one I think it was degree. like four it was like 4 degrees four and degrees. it was it was hailstones and oh. i was i threw i put on the I put on my UTMB jacket, the Salma Fanate that Cal yes. um, uh, yes. got me, which is an excellent jacket, I have, yes. to, I have to say. Best jacket yes. I've ever had. So I, nice. I wore that um, because it, yeah, so, some, so if I you kind know, of realized we wouldn't really talk about a training. So I'm going to, I'll give you, I'll give the listeners 60 seconds of my training. I'm back in full training, if I'm honest. To be oh, honest, I'm, I'm, I'm I've got a schedule, I'm sticking to it, and I've decided I want to get into A shape for, for autumn, and I've got no reason not to train right now. Um, because I remember Fraser Klein said a few years ago, you know, it's not you know talking about marathons. It doesn't matter what you did in the last twelve weeks. It matters what you did in the last five years. So, you know, just because we're not racing, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be training. So, I had a pretty solid week. I'm, I'm not, I say, full training. I'm not absolutely, I'm not flat out as such. But I did um, cheeky double on Monday, easy four and easy six mile runs. Uh, one
0: on did the treadmill. One on the tread. One on the treadmill. Oh, there we go. yeah one got, on the yeah, treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only out
1: once. Don't you worry. <laughs> Tuesday again. I doubled, but I did a session in the in the afternoon. I did um, so yeah, it was quite a good session actually. I Did a five mile tempo at like half marathon, ten k pace, which was sort of like five twenty five, five twenty, 520, and then then went straight into four by four by a minute um, hills, which was which was pretty good. Just a bit of speed work there. Um, I felt pretty, I'll be honest, I felt pretty tired after, that. So it's easy 10 on Tuesday, sorry, on Wednesday. And it was, I did keep that pretty easy, which is good. Double on Thursday on the treadmill, nice and easy. And then Friday I did five by a K, right? But I've been very much, my K reps i have been doing through marathon training. It's all a like half marathon effort. and doing like eight or 10 of them and feeling pretty controlled in them hard at the end. But I went five by K, five K pace on Friday and hitting that first rep, trying to go five K pace. That is not my comfort zone. I'm, you know, and it was a good session. I was um like, you know, 303 for the for the reps. It was, which is not 5k. It's faster than 5k. But um yeah, really pleased to do a bit of hard running. But the thing is, because I'm not used to doing such fast, like really going to the well on a rep. Yeah. Saturday, my legs were in bits. Honestly, absolute bits. Oh. So yeah, Saturday was not so cool. And then Sunday, by the time I get into a long run. As we say, it was bloody hailing, and I'm, I was like, first time in lockdown, I thought I can't be asking out, really can't be asking out in that hail, and I started thinking, do you know what? I've got no races coming up? Why am
0: I bothering? But
1: then, <laughs> but yeah, then the, the wise hey, Fraser climbs hey, words echoed in my ears.
0: That barnet on the top of your head that'll protect you from the hills. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've actually, I, put, I think it was something else on my Instagram as well last week, or Strava, I'm trying to, uh, I've started wearing hats on my runs, because my hair is now getting so wild that the sweat just, it just, the, the, the fringe is almost at my eyes, so it's like, <laughs> it, I can't see where I'm going, so I've started wearing hats on runs, like oh. I, I'm becoming you, mate, I'm becoming an ultra runner.
0: Oh, you know, you get that beard, grow your beard again if you can, and uh, you get, you know, we need to get ourselves a buff, man.
1: I've got a buff, but I... am don't wear yeah, really a buff a on your head.
0: You, you, hats sir. You don't... I mean, like I say, that barnet in the top of your, You don't. You don't need a hat. You just need a buff around your head. I
1: like it. I'm not a big fan of a buff. I like a hat. I like a baseball cap back to front. That's, uh, <laughs> you
0: yeah. know, that's the... Good old white cap in the sun. Exactly, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, um, so what's, anyway... Uh,
0: I'm just hey, looking at your, your your sessions. So, you did your coffin case, as you called them on, on Strava. Yeah, the coffin. What the hell, man? You get, like... Your last session you did, the a 20 mile 157 kudai likes bloody hell do you, do you pay for these
1: likes? <laughs> yeah these i'm got i'm farming there's like you a the farm hell? in india where people don't, don't know do i my
0: runs you don't know 157 people Well, i don't know maybe mm. uh, anyway but it's um, and, and, uh yeah you, yeah you're, you're running with your your wife as well if you know she's well, she's not right she's running with you uh <laughs> i don't know which way around so it so what was that? Are you guys doing some sessions together and taking that, for um, Or do you, do you usually? Uh,
1: so we did we did a session together. I mean, it, it depends on work schedules and stuff. But we tend to be, if we do a session together, even if we're not doing the same session, because we do it I mean, the coffin, I should say, for people who follow my Strava, the shape of like the block around where we live, it's a kilometre round. But the shape of it, Fiona thinks it looks like a coffin. So ah, now called the coffin. Right, right. Okay. So okay, that's why okay. a few times I've said, like, wraps in the coffin, coffin case. Ah. Um, so yeah it looks like it looks like a co- well. she refers to the coffin so i've sort of adopted that uh terminology. i, like it. Yeah. I used to call it the Countess well k but um that's anyway i've, I've, I've moved on to her terminology yeah. uh yeah there so, a few runs together
0: yeah so do you like um so how does it work then do, do, do you do you chase her or does she chase you or do you, do you um, go off together or we like... did
1: actually did different sessions that night so i think i oh, was, did you? it was one of those things where i went past her on one rep when i was doing my tempo and then we never i never saw her again because i wasn't yeah when you go past
0: to her yet. do you like do you say anything do you give her like a salute or a high five or do you I, just like eyes on the prize
1: uh no i i i, I give we i give some words of encouragement <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when, when me and debbie we do sessions like i don't know i'm, I'm like i ice eyes, eyes to the prize you know oh really but although that's maybe a lie, because at the start, it's like, yeah, yeah, you go, you go for it. You go, girl. Or you go, Kyle, or whatever. Um, but by the last couple, it's just like, you know, you're wet. It was
1: the last couple. You're it's like, get the well, you know. It's like when you see someone in a race, and like, if you see someone, say it's a 10K, and you see someone, you know, in like a 2 or the 2nd or 3rd K, you'll definitely give it like a wave and a smile. But by the <laughs> end, some people, you get two camps, I think. Some people... Go just don't even look at them and just go eyes eyes straight ahead and keep going. And so I'm the type of person who'll look at them. If I'm in the well, like deep in the hurt locker, I'll just like give it like a an eye like just a sort of grimace to show that I'm I
0: am in the locker. <laughs> the good old uh, I tell you who the best grimace will go to in, in Scottish athletics is uh, Paul Solly. Oh, Paul you know, Sorry the, his grimace. grimace when he runs, bloody hell, man! He's uh, he's going all to the well, like, you know, based on that facial expressions he's making. It's they, should,
1: they should take more pictures of people at like tw- mile 25 <laughs> in London. You know, uh, too many photos are taken at like either the finish line or, or halfway on some fancy yeah. mat that shows that you're on the London Marathon. You uh-huh. want to
0: see the grimaces at 25 yeah. miles. You want to see the pain, the suffering, the emotional trauma that's going through you at that, that sort of time. And, and uh, it's interesting you say that for like the British 100K champs when it was like laps around, uh, you know, around Perth. Mm-hmm. like the first 50k it was like yeah you know you're you're, you're giving it claps they're giving it claps so like go for it you're looking good you're looking fresh you're looking relaxed and then you get you get to like you know 80k i'm like not saying anything now i'm proper <laughs> like in the zone whereas i remember seeing rob turner he was like he was loving life you know he was like you know proper nice and smiling and even at 80k, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm not doing any of that. But you know, it's funny how everyone's different, eh?
1: Yeah, and like, remember we talked about this before. Kipchoge, he says, you know, if you, you know, he smiles because it relaxes him and relaxes his body. And his, and I've tried, I've tried bloody hard in races late on to force a smile. Just to be like, if I smile, everything will be better, and it's not. He's lying, you know. It's, <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't help. <laughs>
0: I think it's. Uh, but then your man is it, Yanis? Cor- oh Christ, I can't remember his name. Yanis Kouro, or something. Yanis Korus or something. He's the the ultra runner guy. Like he's got all, like the world records from like twenty four okay. hours to a thousand miles, and uh, and and he he basically. He, he, I think he says basically in his head, he, he switches off his his uh, body, he just goes into the zone in his mind, and he's basically saying like the pain is, it's it's not the physical pain. If I can switch my brain off from the physical na- nature of it, I'll be fine. And and he just chills out. He doesn't. He doesn't think about pain or anything like that I know. It's not related to smiling, but it's uh, it's mentioned. a way of take it's yeah, it's a way of taking your mind off things and it'd so, be interesting to, to, to get someone on the show about you know sports psychology it would be
1: do you know i'm reading um i said this last week on the show i'm leading reading how bad you want it by maxfield right now and and so i've been thinking a lot about that mental side but a question i've got for you so in fact if, I, if I, so my training final point 87 miles of the week good week now moving on to, so for you kyle right but i was thinking a lot when i'm i've been thinking a lot about you when i've been on the treadmill oh, of course you have tommy <laughs> Kind of yeah, <laughs> so you you you're obviously well versed in treadmill running, and I'm thinking like I'm doing you know, thirty forty five minutes on the treadmill. A hey, two questions for you: Do you how what's the longest you've gone on the treadmill, and what do you think about on the treadmill? Like how do you stay focused?
0: That's a good point. Well, I'm not actually a big treadmill fan. Uh, Debbie's a bigger fa- fan than I am in the treadmill, but I I really struggle to go on the treadmill. The only kind of running I'll do on the treadmill is. It's if I've got something to watch, I've got something to listen to. Um, okay. If I've got neither of them, I just, I just really can't stand it. Or if I've got nothing else, no other options other than going on the treadmill or go on it, because I have to, but mm-hmm. I really can't do much longer than 10 miles on a treadmill,
3: Yeah, I really
0: can't. Like, so yeah, I'll end up putting, I'll find some sort of running YouTube documentary uh, if I'm doing like an easy run on the treadmill. So I've, I've, you know, I've gone through all of them. All your Billy Yangs, all your, uh, uh, what's the, what's the guy, um, the ultra yeah. marathon man? Who's he again? Um, pass. Oh, Christ, whoever he is. I've, oh, I'm, I know I'm the not... one you mean. Um, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, uh, Dean Carnes. Yeah. Okay, that's not who I was going to say. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So I'm listening to him. Uh, the, 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 the other one, Western States. All those movies. Been watching those. So many, we maybe you know a list of of some some of the recommended ones. I've, I've, I think I've exhausted most of them now. Athlete Special is quite cool if you Athlete want some, uh, module. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just type in Athlete Special on YouTube, and there's just some guy in the US who's got all the, he's like a sub four minute miler and wow. he's got all these like fast, um, he does all these sessions, all these intervals, he chats about his training. It's it's pretty cool. Debbie introduced me to him. And He's quite motivated oh, The athlete um, special, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Get that on. Get Spencer, that on Sp- big Spencer Brown. Aye, big Spencer Brown. Like his dad was a good runner too. Hey, eh? I think he's like a sub two twenty guy. Okay. Uh, marathon. So yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like I yeah, I don't really like running the treadmill that much. But I like to do like you know if I haven't got a way of doing a session outside or or if it's brutal conditions, I'll try and do something short. Like I like doing K reps on the treadmill now and again. You know, point uh, five one percent on the on the belt. So yeah, other than that, do you know
1: who does a lot? Of, so actually, someone who I think who I noticed on um, I follow. Uh, you
0: know the Welsh runner Matt Reese.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. Matt Reese for listeners who don't know Matt Reese. I got a ja- fo- I got a
0: follow from him there. Uh, yeah, Java. I was uh, I felt like a right celebrity. So Matt is the
1: <laughs> Matt is the guy who helped uh, David. So Matt's the Swansea Harrier who helped David Wyeth over the finish line at London a couple of years ago and that. Day when that famous, um, there was a lot of coverage of it at the time, but when he yeah. was really struggling on the final, on the, on the mile, and Matt helped him over. So Matt must have gotten a bit of coverage off that. Anyway, I've, I don't know when I started following Instagram. He's got a really good Instagram and he's got a really good vlog when he talks. It was called All In um, when he was working towards his last marathon, and then he was working towards London, didn't happen, and now he's got one for his next one. So he he's someone who uses the treadmill a lot, and I've been watching his vlogs um, and on YouTube and uh, yeah someone who's he's a guy he was shooting for 225 before um so he's a bit quicker than me but it was certainly interesting to see what he's doing and he does a lot on the treadmill um i think it's probably partly for uh you know works well with family life and and but it's interesting watching and hearing someone who uses the treadmill a lot because i'm some to you i'm not that enjoying it that much but it served a purpose during lockdown but now that we can train outside as much as we want again oh, I hear I'm, that. Wonder, <laughs> I'm wondering how much we how much I'm going to continue to use it it will come into its own again in the winter for for sure and that's why we got it but i'm I might keep doing once or twice a week on it because I find my forms better I find I'm, f- I'm focusing more on my form
0: i find yeah I find that uh, I, I I do end up running better on the treadmill. like, like I'll focus more on like uh, lifting my heels higher up and uh, trying to get my my leg down land in the midfoot directly underneath me but it's a lot easier because you're not really utilizing your your posterior chain as much as you would if you're outside you know you're not engaging your hamstrings as much because the belt's Um, always rolling so you've got a little bit of momentum but but equally yeah you don't actually you know you you don't have any wind resistance either
1: and what about inclination that's something again i'm you know i'm I'm an amateur here what's the is there you hear some people say oh you should have it at one degree you should have it you know you should whatever. Is there a, a kind of, is there a greed um, physiological reasoning for you You should have a certain inclination to better mimic running outside? Or is it just because it's easier running on a treadmill, you should have an inclination to make it harder?
0: I think, uh, you know, having that 0% is less resistance as such. Um, and, you know, when you land as well, the, the belt will, will, will go down slightly. So you, you can almost, in terms of, the shock going through your legs is probably a little bit more if it's on zero percent. Maybe something that like i I've I'm usually sometimes have it even at point five percent, just a little bit higher. But usually I would suggest like one percent. Um, okay. You could go for two percent, and you really you you probably feel it slightly, but it doesn't really matter too much, I don't think. I mean, I've never really thought about it too much, but I'll always put you know if I feel lazy, I'll just have it at zero percent. Oh, my ne- my it's, not, ne- it's not done any, it's not harm me in any yeah, way. It's still a little bit of work, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's better than doing nothing, you know?
1: My next question then is on pace, because I'm now, I said this on the show, I'm really struggling to understand what is, you know, what pace I'm running at. You know, I go on, right, and my, what, my Garmin, before, I went, the first time I went on it, I went on and the Garmin's saying, because the Garmin knows your sort of movement of the watch and the cane, so yeah. the Garmin's saying, I'm running like 6.10s, and the treadmill is saying I'm running like 7.40s. <laughs> and I felt but I felt aerobically like I was running about sevens right in the middle anyway so I've got a foot pod I remember I got this years ago so I dug out my foot pod connect ran outside I did a ten, easy 10 miles with that and it it gives you an auto calibration so then I ran in on the treadmill with it and it started it actually to be fair ended up being kind of where I felt it was like sitting at like seven minute miling for kind of easy run
3: yeah so I'm
1: kind of like I do how is there any, any advice on that because I'm someone you know my stride so you can imagine that is not that compatible. To be realistic, on a belt, no,
0: nah, it's not. I mean, if you look at, I mean, it's, if you look at someone running outside, their technique, and you look at someone running on the treadmill, it, I think it, it probably looks slightly different. It will yeah. look slightly different because you're not running anywhere. You're running uh, the belt's moving for you. Um, so I mean, I don't know all the technical differences, but uh, someone who's a little bit more qualified to give that advice is better than me, but. Yeah, it is a slight difference in running the technique running outside versus on the treadmill. Um, in terms of the effort that you, it's probably more about effort than pace when it comes to how you run on the treadmill. So if you, that's where you should go for RPE rate of perceived exertion. To um, so use something like the Borg scale, uh, like it's between what is it six and twenty, um, or one to ten, depending on what rate of, you know scale that you use. Mm-hmm. and use that rather than use use pace because yeah it's not that or, or even if you were to you know you, you you run at like five five thirty a mile outside and and the effort that you run inside is you, it might be only it might be five ten per mile on the treadmill but it feels the effort of five thirty per mile outside mm-hmm. or it might be six minute miles on the treadmill and it's actually five thirty per mile pace that you would be running outside so You've got to go for effort rather than if you've yeah. got any doubts about the pace that you're running. I would say
3: that's
1: interesting. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I don't really look at the pace. I just stick on the London Marathon from whichever year I've got to oh, and, and exactly. run. But yeah, uh, yeah but that's, uh, but yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Anyway, well, i So you can say I was gonna say I've run, I'm, I've totally taken us off track here. I feel like, we, what have you been up to? How's your training oh, going?
0: Oh, it's, it's, I'm doing okay. I'm, uh, I'm getting sessions in there. Obviously, the first days. First day of a double run if I wanted to two double runs outside if i if i if I wished but I only went for one and it was only seven miles so um but yeah, last week was good uh i didn't i just did one single run a day and i I tried to at least aim for ten miles and you know I did the odd sessions but do you know what tom like i'm not really I'm not focusing too much on 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 pace again mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm 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 motivated to be training at the moment, but I'm really not that bothered of how fast I'm running because I just want to just get exactly like you said at the start, as Fraser Klein said, um, you know, just it's not about the first, the last two weeks of your running; it's about the last few months. And least, if I'm doing something every day and it's it's keeping me fit, it's keeping me healthy, then I think that's all I can do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but I am doing like you know I'm like. I've got structure within my training and things, but, um, but I'm I'm just relaxing and just getting the miles in and, um, it seems to be happening quite, quite naturally, which is, which is exciting. So I'm not in, I'm not in amazing shape. I'm not in rubbish shape. I'm just, you're in just your shape. Uh, I'm just in shape. <laughs> Maybe my waistline might not suggest that, but, uh, you know, I'm feeling quite happy and content where I am in terms of my training doing some unlaced of base started doing that uh, did you good last week as well so um, nice i I'll continue with that and hopefully we'll see some uh, massive improvements coming our way too okay uh, so yeah, so that's that's about it better for me, Tom
1: yeah, do you know we on that point well a lot of people got in touch saying they really enjoyed the the discussion with James last week and it, it was i mean it was really interesting to get him on um if you've got the ebook and Kyle and I've got the ebook James is kind enough to give us a a copy of that i've actually spent a bit of time like, like it sounds like you have building my like program of what i'm going to be doing and uh, yeah it's a great if you haven't got it it's a great resource uh you know to to uh, it's basically a great resource to have a sort of a catalog of exercises to do and to build them into your routine so yeah i'm uh, that's my new kind of i'm similar to you trying to get
0: that into the schedule yeah so so yeah so it's been quite good um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to the Whatever, whatever's in, in front of us, Tom, and ready to pounce when the, the, time, the time arises for us to.
1: When would you, if you were a betting man, when would be your, when do you think you're next to a start line? Oh, that, you know, that's, that's a combination of when you're allowed to, when, you're, when you will be, when you want to, anything in mind. End of um, September. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm hopeful that we might see something in August, but I think you're, you're probably more likely to be right.
0: I think um, there might start. Some races and events might start appearing in in August. Um, I mean, I've got the Space Side Ultra in August, end of, of course, August. Yeah. And I, you know, i in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to make a decision on what what I do with that um, as a race director. But it's, um, you know, it's all governed by what, what the powers that be and where we are in terms of the the, the pandemic. So. Um, I don't wanna. Uh, I I I'm not gonna, you know. I'm not gonna be disrespectful either. You know, if it's it's got to, it's got. You know, it's it's just a race at the end of the day. So, and it's paramount in safety. So of course. Uh, so I mean, yeah. One,
1: I, well, so to say one thing. I, we've started working on as a committee last week. Running club and metro committee um, pulled together some plans on on what is a what does a return to training look like to us. So we're yeah. we're starting to brainstorm and look at how do we what does club training look like. Can, you know if if. Because I think we need to be we need to be ready. I think a lot of Scottish, Alex, Scottish legs themselves, and a lot of clubs across Scotland will be doing the same. If when lockdown does end and they say right, you can exercise with other people, I I don't. I think it's I think that there's a, a responsibility of of clubs and groups yeah. to not just say right, everyone turn up and run together. So we're we're looking at a plan of how we do that. My question for you is, how do you think ra- do you think races are going to come back differently? So say say that gatherings, imagine they say, and I'm pulling numbers at the area, but just to envisage a situation and speculate. In the summer, they say, right, you can have gatherings of, I don't know, less than 200 people. Does that? How does that, how, and Scottish Athletics say, right, we will grant licenses for races less than 200 people. How do you think, do you think it's simply a case of, right, they have less than 200 people or, or we, you mentioned it briefly before, potentially waves of runners or, or do you think there's, do you think we're going to see a change in the way races are organised in the short term? I think so. I
0: mean, it would it'd probably be ignorant if we don't look at that um, as race directors, as, uh, Governing bodies and um, even the rules as well. Like so, for example, like waves. We, we mentioned about waves. The number of participants. Uh, even like, even even when you're running, a bit like triathlon, uh, Ironmans, and things like that. You, know, you can't be less than X meters away or behind someone else. So they might even introduce that in races. <laughs> but I, so you know, you're, uh, if you're in a, a road race. You can't be going past somebody within two meters.
1: But that's so unenforceable, though.
0: It's not enforceable, but it's it's almost um, it's uh, sportsmanship, though, isn't it? Like rather than.
1: But then, surely, then we're talking about racing. That you know, and and again, okay, triathlon is a very different sport, but that's where I kind of struggle. Think for me, races are races. That's exactly what they are. They're not time trials. And if we move to something where you are set off like imagine a tour you know think of a pro cycling time trial when you're yeah. they're set off every two minutes or 30 seconds or whatever the gap is and and you you run a time you run like that and it's your time against the clock it's a that's a very different way of of competing compared yeah. to a, a race to the line
0: i think it just depends on the type of race so like you know if you've got less than 200 people and you're you you've got this really narrow trail like how's that going to work yeah like you'd have to, you kind of almost have to make a, a risk a, a COVID nine whatever was it COVID nineteen or yeah COVID nineteen risk assessment for your yeah. course for your race and like the, the the registration will be different the the post refreshments will be slightly different too you might not even have a post refreshments you might not even get the higher of the hall because the I, you know it's, they might not even they want They'll have to then clean it afterwards. I, th-
1: I think it's. I think you're right. I think it'll be turn up, run, yeah. bugger off.
0: Yeah, it's interesting though. Like the before the lockdown happened, we did the new bread, you know, the new 10K? Oh yeah. So that was like probably one of the last races of the of not the year, but before lockdown. Not the year, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like it was literally, you start, you, you get your number, and you're all queued up um, with distance, and then social distancing. And then at the end, they, you just picked up your goodie bag and you left. <laughs> and they had a quick presentation, and but they they were they had to hire the hall, but the hall was they just closed mm. the hall because they were going to cancel it, but they didn't. They, they kept it on, and kept uh, as much social distancing measures as they could. So.
1: I mean, it's a, running is unfo- and I know hopefully it comes back before then, but really running needs to be. Running is a sport where you need to essentially be ideally having a test. You test yeah. people. You, you there's a controlled. Imagine almost like London. And again, this is this is blue sky thinking. And even then, even this wouldn't work because you've got masses getting to the start. But imagine the London Marathon start. and You've got your blue start, big entry to get into that area. Yeah. That type of thing with a test on the gate. Yeah, in you come. Yeah. You know. You you know. And the thing, and I and I appreciate tests are not that quick. It's not just like breathing. It's not a breathalyzer yet but that would be that's the type of thing that you want is, to, is some kind of super instant test that gives you a result so and you can come and if you don't have it you go and so you have know. the blue
0: you know the green the green uh the not the, the, the folk who are fit and healthy and they haven't got covid and then you've got the other group who haven't what happens to them do they get their own pen there or... well if
1: you if you've got it you've got it i'm sorry <laughs> you're going home again you going home you get, right? are yeah you you're not
0: you get a little pen, you know, they've all got it, but he, they, they've, got to, they've got different measures.
1: <laughs> do you know speaking of London, um, the, did you know, um, so I I've, I've proposed to Kyle that instead of race results, I'm going to, Kyle's giving me one minute of the show to talk about retro race results. I want to do a recap of the 1985 London Marathon, because it's ace. But did you know in the first few years of London Marathon, there was the, men's, the elite men's start, and there was another start for the Virgin men, which is for men who've not done a marathon before.
0: Virgin
1: men. It was called, it was called and honestly, the BBC on their, like, on their infographics, wherever it's got on the screen, it had <laughs> two screens. And it says in text, elite men. And the next one says, virgin men and women. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's <laughs> like, it not an
0: elite women's start.
1: Yeah. In, in, with the, in with the virgin men. Bloody hell. It's terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just the times, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, Jesus. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it, wow. it's a crazy. And it's, it's crazy. It's interesting to see how the course
0: has changed as well. Uh were they fun runners then? Was it was about nineteen
1: eighty-five. Uh night by nightly, by mate, by nineteen eighty-three there's loads of fun runners. I mean it's <laughs> like
0: it's you know, I, I think
1: I've said this in the put on the podcast before that you think, oh yeah, nowadays they only cover the elites and the charity runners and they don't cover the club runners in between. Even in nineteen eighty three, they were only covering the elite men and the charity <laughs> runners. There's yeah. no coverage of that like if you're but not the, working than two twenty, you're not.
0: They're not interested. But the charity runners back then were like sub three hour guys. No, no, not at all.
1: The, honestly, I, I'm. This is I. I thought that too. But the sub the charity runners in even like ninety eight three, four, ninety five, they're like four, five, six hour people. Really? And they're all dressed up. And there's like the. It's interesting. Like the the mirror, the the, the paper. They've got a team. They're like people running for the mirror. I think it's obviously like it's now places were so hard to come by that. These uh, big organizations had had groups running for them. But yeah, it's amazing how many people are. It it seems that since inception, they've had so many uh, charity runners. It's just been, it's just part of the London Marathon.
0: Good. So. Yeah, so uh, yeah, is that your minute
1: then, is it? Oh, I've not even gotten to the result. Right, so 1985, oh, yeah. L- L- here we go, start your clock. 1985. seconds, boom. So race results, so on the weekend, it was a 1985 London Marathon. Uh, you can see the highlights on, you can see the full race on YouTube, actually. Um, the race unfolded, if cut to the chase, it was a win for Wales's Steve Jones nice. in, a Brit- in a British record. Incredible yeah. race, a pack of five got got away. After, um, after an early start with quite a big pack and featuring the likes of Jim Dingwall and Fraser Klein as well in that early pack. Eventually the pack of five get away which is Steve Jones, um, Charlie Spedding, TRS interviewee, um, yep. Al Hutton, Scottish uh, legend yep, running yep. for Edinburgh Southern and uh, I think a Norwegian guy called Dahl and a West German, I can't remember his name. Anyway eventually about somewhere around Isle of Dogs, um, Steve Jones, the animal that is Steve Jones Goes to the front and starts pressing. So suddenly, these the, what was about five-minute miling through the first half suddenly becomes four forties. And Steve Jones is pressing like an absolute animal. Uh, the group window, dwindles down, but Al Hutton goes to the front for a bit. I, I'm great to see a Scottish guy. Who? Yeah, yes. yeah. Who? Who would? Who before that had had some couple of good runs in? I think the there's a great not the Great North run, but a, a run in the north northeast of England. Anyway, Al goes to the front. Um, Eventually, fault fades back, and it, goes, it suddenly becomes a two-man race for the, last, 10, the last, well, last 10K, six miles. Steve Jones and Charlie Spedding. And you've got Steve Jones pressing, pressing the pace, and Charlie Spedding just sits behind him, hanging on, looking like he's hanging on. But he looks – Steve Jones has got such an aggressive running style. It looks like he's really – he's going for it. And he just looks so strong, that sort of 80s yeah. hard man, chest out. Charlie Spedding looks really smooth but, and really much more smooth – means of running but it looks like he is he's really hanging on. Anyway they go go through Tower Bridge, past Traitor's Gate, you know under Tower's Bridge and suddenly Steve Jones stops and he goes to the side of the road and Charlie Spedding doesn't even oh, really? blink, just goes away. So Jones is like what the hell's happening? Anyway on the cobbles he stops. And they're like is he cramping? What's happened? Turns out he had a toilet stop. Really? Yeah no, so really? His, stomach, his stomach was in bits so he stopped. Jesus. Toilet stop it turns out the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the interview afterwards. Spedding puts a bit of a gap in. You can see Al Hutton um about hundred meters, two hundred meters back. Anyway, Steve Jones, animal that he is, doesn't build doesn't catch back up slowly slowly. He just makes a big surge, big effort, back on Whoa. gets onto the back of Charlie Spedding, then goes straight back to the front, pushes yeah. on, and then with about three miles to three, four miles to go, he goes again, drops him, and it's he doesn't look back and he um yeah, he runs a runs a British record two two eight two oh eight and 18 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you so had
0: the toilet stop and broke the British record and, the and British ran record. the London Marathon. So, oh, yeah. So
1: a bit, Actually, a bigger point, I'm talking a little bit of bollocks there. He, break, he runs the fastest, the all-comers times, the fastest ever time on British soil. The year before that, he'd run a world record in Chicago. Yeah, So he right. So, yeah. so he'd come back. Um, but interesting. going into that race, Charlie Spedding, and I actually listened to your interview with Charlie Spedding again yesterday because it was, yeah. a, which is a, a great interview Listen, If you're not listening to it, go back. Um, Anyway, Charlie Spedding had won um, the Houston Marathon and he'd won the London Marathon the year before, so he was unbeaten by a British man in a marathon until that day. And Steve, so it's, uh, it's just great to watch. Yeah. You got you got Charlie Spedding in the red and white, Steve Jones in the blue and white. It's just like cla- it's just an amazing
0: clash. Yeah. And you it's, just, a cl- oh. it's a classic story. The the way you, you the way you uh, you read that, you know, you didn't read it, you narrated it. So, I would, I would
1: urge you to go listeners and just Google London Marathon 1985. I'm so, wait, how, watch... do people,
0: how do people watch these?
1: It's on YouTube. So, they're honestly, YouTube, they're all right. on YouTube. So, I'm get, at the moment, in, so three times a week, I get out of bed, I jump on the treadmill, and I fire on YouTube on the TV in front of me for half an hour and watch uh, the watch London Marathons. I'm working my way through them. And do you watch the highlights, great. or do you watch the whole thing? Full race. the oh hell. Every minute of it. It's um, honestly, Jeez. it's great. Well, it's great viewing. And no, what's amazing. I just love it when you see, like, you can pick out Fraser Klein a mile away with that red hair, red <laughs> headband, it. and you've got Jim Dingwall. The with one, it. the one, one eight vest. Yeah, <laughs> but you've got guys like Jim Dingwall. And it's great to see Scottish guys in there, and it really—I just met. How amazing would it be, right, if London Marathon, for whatever reason, they had just a British elite-only field? And I, and I, and I'm not saying that because the British guys, the top British guys like Callum and Derek and Robbie and um, you know what's his. Um, all these, all the English athletes who are yeah. running well at the moment, Johnny Miller, etc. They're not. We're not saying they can't beat the, you know, the Well, they can't beat the Kenyans. They can't run two or two, two or three. So no. you, you kind of lose that race. And it would be yeah. amazing to see how the race would unfold if it was just British guys. Would Hawkins? Would Callum just run a time trial off the front?
0: Well, it might actually be like that this year. It, that, that would happens. be incredible. It would be incredible. And
1: then you've got you know guys like you know, I, I would love well, to watch the look British at, guys. Uh,
0: Look at the female, the female runners too. Like, True. if you didn't have the East Africans running, that'd be some. Fear, like, that'd be amazing to watch. And they were like the British girls at the moment. Oh, be, that'd be incredible. That would be a fierce race. Like, you know. And what's and, uh, I really the... enjoyed the the interview last week with Steph Davis. Brilliant.
1: So yeah, I mean, and that's it's as you say, it's it's really cool to hear girls like that who are yeah. there you know they're they've got a time for the olympics but it's not guaranteed they've got to earn yeah. it on a race i mean how nerve-wracking would that oh, be Ah,
0: geez but think about it, like you know it's seconds it literally could be seconds oh it could be for from like going to the olympics or not going to the olympics if it's not even to do with times because they've all got the times It's just scary. all about placing. like you can run a 240 but it's n- nipper tuck you know are like, you, you know, that'd be so good to watch. Hopefully, if the hunt—I
1: mean, for you though—hopefully, if the hundred K champs happens, you're going to be in a similar boat. You're going to have an opportunity to run run a British Championships with the with the selected the selection for a World Champs based on that, surely.
0: Ah, but it's not the Olympics, though, so is it? No, I, okay, I get
1: that. Yeah, the Olympics is
0: a, is a different <laughs> yeah. level. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be like, nipping tucking in a hundred K term. I'll be going slow, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, true. <laughs> but are uh, are going too hard and then? You know, who knows what will happen then so
1: anyway thank you for that more than one minute Kyle you really let me I know, know I, you.
0: do you know it was better than I thought it would be I thought you just <laughs> go, first place was second place was but I didn't know that about Steve Jones I didn't know yeah really it's, it's amazing
1: like interesting, interesting. Yeah, so there, so that that's the, that's the retro race result retro results I'll, I'll bring you a, I'll bring you a two minute overview of uh, of the 1986 London Marathon next week
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it's interesting if it's not it getting, yeah.
1: it's getting cut yeah, I'll maybe just jump forward oh, to, um, to watch Paul in 2000,
0: yeah. what was it, 2005, whenever it was. Aye, that's right. Well, talking about awesome athletes, we've got our very own Scottish Olympian, Chris O'Hare, that I spoke to a few a couple of weeks ago now, and um, and what a story he's got, and, and what, what a guy, what an athlete. So, uh, without further ado, this is, this is uh, Chris O'Hare. Have a listen. Okay, so thanks so much for coming on the show, Chris O'Hare. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh no, well, thanks for coming on the show. It's it's an absolute honour to have you on the show. And um, I was just chatting to you offline, saying that it was it was about probably about 15 years ago was the last time I competed uh, against you because you're kind of roughly my age. So um, that was back in the Edinburgh AC days, eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm still still fortunately
4: get to represent Edinburgh every now and again at British champs and stuff like that. But uh, it's been a while since uh, well, pretty much every year I have to either get a new vest or find one that's kicking around my parents' house um, <laughs> before the British champs because I have no idea where the one I used last year. Was. Oh no! And <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, I don't get to wear Edinburgh kit gear much anymore, but. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, it's been a long time since i got to wear it all the time oh brilliant well no it's, i mean we i've been following your career like i say since i was a junior you know competing against you and uh what a fantastic resume like i actually just like you know i follow you all the time in your races but i don't really know where to start you know because your 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 cv is fantastic you know you've you started you've you've had numerous national titles and um, you know uh You've you've been at Olympics. You've you've been champion. So I, I would rather you tell us a bit kind of your highlights of your your kind of running career so far. How how's it been? It's been uh, I think
4: well with the, the nature of of athletes and in, in any sport, you kind of it's not until you get reminded of what you've achieved that you kind of get a chance to kind of be like you know actually it's. It's pretty good because yeah. all I can ever see is really my um, what I've failed to do or what I've not quite the goals that I've not quite reached. Um, so I think I think probably best memories that I've got from the sport is is the best way to to kind of show what I'm most proud of, I guess. Because yeah. if if it's in, if I'm looking at it in positive light, then it's, it's obviously come out as a good memory. But um, I think, you know, recently with European European indoor champs in Glasgow was just quite spectacular just yeah. being in, in Scotland. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have been able to compete in commies in Glasgow in 2014, um, world champs in London, British... Um, European champs in Glasgow again. So it's, I'm fortunate enough to have been able to, you know, some athletes got their whole careers and don't get to compete in a major championship in their, in their home country. So it's, it's quite, I'm quite lucky in that respect. And then to, to be able to win a medal in, in Glasgow is, was amazing and with all my family and friends there and stuff. Um, but then I, I think, you know, whenever I, I'm fortunate enough to get to compete in front of family, that's when it's the most important to me um yeah. in Melrose, Melrose games in new york this indoor season um which quite you know to win that to win that again was was quite amazing um you know you can kind of you win it once and you kind of think well i've probably just got to be a bit lucky <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah okay. and then and you know and then to win it again and for my family to be there and, um that was that was you know there whenever, really, whenever my family is there and my family are involved, it's, that's when it's uh, most um, most important, or most, that's the where I get my best memories from.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, you're kind of fast-forwarding, but when you, I th- watching you at the, you know, the glass, the European Championships there, and, and the medal, you know, the, it was a 3,000 metres you got that, wasn't it? Um, which, uh, which, which was, you know, I, I think maybe, a few people were surprised, you know, stepping up the distance and and winning a European medal at like that, because um, you've been focusing on the fifteen hundred metres. But how did that, you know, how did that feel to to step up the distance and and get that European medal uh, in Glasgow? It must have felt amazing. Uh,
4: it was a bit of to and fro because you know we had you know indoors has been has been quite fortuitous for me. Um, you know, my whole career really I mean arguably if arguably a better indoor runner than I am outdoor runner so yeah okay. um, you know it's it's um whenever we sit down before indoor season kicks off and you yeah. go okay well this is what we want to achieve but look we really need to have a good outdoor season because ultimately that's where that's where you know for lack of a better term that's where the money is that's yeah. where the sponsors that's what the sponsors care most about yeah it's like yeah great an indoor medals great but we care more about outdoors um, and the major championships outdoors. So, um, you know, that year it was about, okay, well, let's try and do the three k. The the years prior to that, or the the year immediately prior to that, I had um, started off indoors really well, but whenever we seemed to kick on with that speed work stuff, it was just blown up in my face. And and that's when I got injured,
3: you know,
4: right before world indoors. And that was, you know that was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but it um, kind of, kind of part of the game. But ultimately, it's not what you want. <laughs> and no, so no. we we thought, well, let's let's try and stay away from that, and we'll just keep hitting the strength work, keep hit the strength work, and and um, we did that. And we prepared for the three k, but then as we kind of got closer to British champs, we were like, well, some people were pulling out with the fifteen hundred, and a couple of people yeah. were hurt, and we were like, well, actually, you know. I, could I could I do both? What's the is there a point in doing both, or should I just do the fifteen? Or, um, and and my coach had said to me, the plan was for the three k. For once in our lives, let's stick with the plan."
3: Yeah. And yeah.
4: Uh, <laughs> and it, and it, it paid off. So um, you know, I was it was difficult for me, kind of going into into European champs that I'd only ran. Two three Ks indoors okay. before that. Oh. one to run the time, one to qualify as champs and then or I guess the, the Heat was the Heat was my third three K and the final was my fourth. Yeah. And and God knows how long. Um probably ten years or something. So it was a bit different. Um but it was a lot of fun and I kinda had going, you know, it kind of took me back to my junior days in a wee bit, um and kind of Allowed me to not get too tied up in it because when you get to my age and you've got all this experience, yeah, you end up trying to, you know, when you get to major championships, you end up trying to avoid things you've done before that you knew didn't work. Mm-hmm. You don't really want to try new things because you know that doesn't work, and yes. you're trying to pull on all of this experience. But sometimes just being useful and just kind of not focusing too much on it is the best is the best way forward. So. Um, that's what I did in Glasgow because it was in a kind of a new event, and,
0: and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Well, I think um, you know, talking about your sort of junior days as well. You know, you are you've always run for City of Edinburgh, um, I, I believe, and uh, which is great. You know, yeah. Uh, f- so loyal to your to, to the city of Edinburgh, CIA, which is fantastic. Um, you you you, know, you started off. You've always done sort of track races and things like that. But you, you also dabbled in a lot of cross country as well, I believe. And so, how how did you know how, how do you think your junior days uh, helped you develop as a you know a, a, to to the sort of extent in, in the performance that you're currently at now? You know, what's um what were the sort of foundations that, that helped you um you know develop into that?
4: So, so Dave Campbell was was my coach, and yeah. and I've got you know like the amount of runners that Dave has coached to, to a high level is quite is quite crazy, really. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was young and training, and this was this was this was when Josh Kerr was still running around in nappies, but when <laughs> <laughs> it was the training yeah. group was. Um, no, I really hope I don't forget because it, because there was an it was a training group that was instrumental to me getting to this level. But yeah. um, you know, Darren Gawson was the oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the kind of para figure of the group, and then it was yeah. then there a couple of years younger than him was Chris Gosson and
3: yeah.
4: uh, Dougie Selman and Mark Mitchell had come down for for uni at Edinburgh, and my older brother was the same age as them, so they were all the same age, and there was two or three other guys that were with that with that age. And then me and and a couple other guys who were kind of my age and um, they worked on this handicap system to where, you know, Darren Gosson would be running whatever it was you know, say it was eight by a K or something like that, or six by a K, I would probably only actually be running six hundred meters. Yeah. But the goal would be for me to you know the goal was and, and it, when it it worked that I eventually ran further and further and further and as the older guys guys get you know, spaced out and or Left to go to university in America, like the Boston did, and and uh, then I became the backmarker, and and I was chasing down people like like Josh, yeah. training yeah. with Josh for for years, and so it's it's crazy now to to, to kind of see the full flow of it. Um, but Dave's program was was really well thought out and really carefully thought out for us for effectively what is a volunteer coach yeah. um, like, like all coaches really in the UK um, yeah. you know so much time and so much effort was put into it and we you yeah. know we did two track sessions on, on a two track session Tuesday Thursday and then we did a hill session on Saturday and then yeah. like a fartlek session on a Sunday okay. and so it was quite you know quite high intensity for for a youth program, but really that was only running I did. Yeah, it no wasn't way. until I was probably oh, 16 or something, 15 or 16, that I would then, that he then wanted me to do easy runs, mm-hmm. and which I just thought were incredibly boring. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, right, so you just want me to go and run for half an hour, and yeah. I'm like, right, whatever. Like, that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but whatever, I'll go and do it, I guess. But, yeah. um, and That's then, cool. so it was very well structured, um but at the same time had a lot of room for me to grow and so i knew how to do the high intensity stuff like i didn't know any other way than showing up to the track and taking taking half an hour to like compose yourself before you could even put your shoes on and cool down because that's just what i had grown up you know from when i was 13 i saw darren and chris and dougie and mark yeah we just going to the well like every Ah. tuesday thursday and then sunday was supposed to be a bit easier but they would still just knock chunks out of each other so that's how i grew up in it and so that's how i and that's what i carried on and had and still do um and then so when i got to tulsa it was a bit you know it's it's a fairly high mileage program
0: yeah okay and
4: kind of long tempos and long stuff effectively it's mostly the same as, as most college and most NCAA programs it's because it's getting you ready for these cross these 10k cross country races in November yeah. that are like as fast as 10k track races so <laughs>
0: yeah, you see some of the times and you're like bloody hell is that on cross country you know there's 10k right. so, and, so. and
4: when the times are fast yeah. more often than not it's on a manicured golf course ah
3: okay and yeah, like, yeah yeah
4: but regardless, it's not on a track and it's not um, it's not easy. But then yeah. you know, last I was taken on somewhat of a volunteer assistant coaching role at Tulsa, and okay. so I was there to to help coach with them at uh, nationals this year. And they got they had their highest ever finish with fifth, um, which you know, for people who don't know the NCAA, they're like well, great, they were fifth. But I think you know, to put that into perspective, they beat teams. They beat teams like Oregon and Stanford.
0: Wow, you know, incredible! These massive yeah.
4: programs with massive heritage, and and the course yeah. was an absolute mess. I mean, some of the <laughs> worst cross-country conditions I've ever seen. Even in worse in Scotland? Scotland. In Scotland, so um, it was absolutely miserable. Oh, you know, and
3: God. so forth.
4: yeah,
0: um, Jesus. And
4: That's... so it's uh, more more often than not, it's a uh, nice. Flat fast courses, but, uh-huh. but when it comes to championship race season for regionals and nationals, it, it does get a bit more intense yeah. in terms of conditions and course layout and stuff like that. Um, but just to, I'm getting welcome to O'Hare's brain off and get off track here. <laughs> oh no,
0: that's uh, that's what it's all about.
4: <laughs> yeah, growing up with with Dave's training, definitely, you know. Even now, I mean, I've not done Dave's training since I was 17 years old.
0: Yeah, okay.
4: I'm almost 30. <laughs> so, you know, it's almost yeah. half my life again that I've not been doing Dave's training. But every now every now and again, I'm, I run into stuff and I'm like, yeah, let's do this session all the time. Yeah,
3: okay. <laughs> it's
4: yeah. like, so um, much I've got, everything that I've achieved is, is, much of it is owed to to Dave and
0: that group of guys that um I grew up yeah. learning learning the sport from. Yeah. That's really interesting you say that. I, I know um I know Dougie Selman, uh, but I know Mark Mitchell really well. I grew up with him he's, he's a forest hire and that's what I initially yeah. was. And um you know, I grew up as a junior training with him and then he moved to Edinburgh and ch- trained with you guys and, you know, got really, really quick and and that that group was a phenomenal group that you're training with in Edinburgh. And I, I always, uh, you know, look back. You know, you've got Jake Whiteman, you've got Josh Kerr, and you've got yourself. That's the strongest middle distance club ever. <laughs> you know, it's incredibly uh, amazing. But kind of what I want to go transition into is, uh, you know, you started chatting about your, your sort of life in the in the states now when you moved over, and um, so you, you're coached by is it is it Terry Terence Mahon is it. Terence man and yeah yeah okay and then um, how, how what's that you know you kind of mentioned a little bit about it but how does it what sort of training are you doing you know what's the main sort of difference between training in, in, in the UK and, and racing versus like the training and the racing in, in the US just I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners will understand but um, you know some listeners have probably have no idea so it'd be quite interesting just to here, kind of roundup up of, of what what life's like there yeah I think
4: I think once you get to well if you're if you're you know one of the few that manages to get to what I call what I would say our level yeah yeah it's all much of a muchness it's uh, you know we've all got our specific coaches that know us inside out and and it's tweaked here and there you know I'm higher mileage than Jake and Josh yeah but um, but they've got more raw speed um, so you know and, and we kind of work so that, you know Jake does more more technical stuff in the gym to boost that you know to help him with that raw speed and, yeah. and Josh is just you know a monster you <laughs> <So laughs> he's got it um, <laughs> And you know, and then I've got to do the more boring stuff, which is going out for two-hour long runs and whatnot. So it's kind of, um, and that's the kind of magical thing about the fifteen hundred is you can come at it from so many different ways and get the same results or similar results, um, which makes it really interesting. And that's kind of you know something that would be great if it was. certainly in the US if it was explored a bit more when it comes to actually watching these events on TV um, because uh, somewhat uh, I digress again but a bit of an explanation into yep. the fact that Josh and Jay you know come to a British Championships most people watching the British Championships don't know it inside out so you know if, they were, if they're to say well you know Chris better get they better get moving because he's not got that yep. Ross speed that the, the other guys have got so maybe he needs to you know Get to the front and start doing <laughs> something, um, create a bit more of a storyline. But uh, yeah. anyway, I, I, I'll get back to the question. No, i said no. it. Uh, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's pretty much the same. The main difference is, is high school and that transition into college and that, that university age. Yeah. In the UK, it's quite. it seems quite easy to get a bit lost because yeah. even though you've got under 23 competitions and whatnot, it's a bit kind of like a second competition behind a senior competition. So you're, yeah. you don't really have... With NCAA, you're racing guys who are in the ages of 18 to 22, 23. Um, you do get the odd guy who's a bit older than that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part you're racing guys that are your age and it's this closed competition that you're racing in your age and in the u.s they don't race outside of that until they get to usa right so there's yeah. only really one race outside of that that they yeah. run another there's there's races like milrose games in, in new york and stuff like that where they bring in a couple of college kids to run the, the professional mile because it's um a chance for them to try and go after collegiate records and stuff yeah. like that but I think that would be the main difference to the UK and um, it's it's a difficult transition. Yeah to go from I think well, you know, it's a difficult transition to go from high school living with your parents to going to the other side of the world to mm-hmm. university. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, to, to use Mark to use um, Mark as an example, he came down for us. It's like it's, it's not down the road, is it? No, like, it's not.
0: It's in the middle of yeah. nowhere, it's, like you know.
4: <laughs> it's a bit of a trick. So,
0: yeah,
3: yeah,
4: you know, that's just as difficult for him going to Edinburgh as it is me going to America. Yeah, I would say roughly about the same. You mm-hmm. know, you're not, you can't just jump in the car and be home an hour later. Um, yeah, and so I think that's maybe where people get a bit scared of. And I don't like to use the word scared, but straight away from pursuing opportunities in the NCAA because it's like, well, it's a bit It feels safer to go to a university in the UK, but yeah. um, especially for Scots, if, 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 if Scottish people are looking to go to like a high performance university in the UK, you're yeah. really looking at Loughborough or St Mary's or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's I just I mean well
3: literally you're in a different country so yeah. It's,
0: it's, yeah. it's a big transition again yeah um, yeah no that adds, but, that, that uh, makes a lot of sense yeah yeah I, I think as well you know some, some athletes can stay in in Scotland or and do really well and others it suits their personality and they want to explore you know like probably an example like you say like Mark getting away from Forest to go to Edinburgh like the difference in the, the coaching and, and the, the the sort of resources that you've got available are much better. Um, you know, two hours down the road, and you know, likewise from from Edinburgh to to the University of Tulsa as well. So, uh, yeah, as so, what do you think? Um, we could, you know, the Brits could, you know, gen, you know, a, a sort of a, a general answer is, what do you think the Brits could learn from the setup in the states? Do you think there's anything that we could do better here? that you think should be explored, or what's your thoughts I'm not on sure,
4: that? because yeah. there's, you know, the NCAA is by far a, a perfect system. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah.
4: Uh, and, yeah, I'm not sure, honestly. I think for the most part, it comes down to... People, met, people basically making, for lack of a better term, people not making the best decision yeah. with where they want to go to university. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that happens all the time in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but uh, it seemed, it's a bit easier to just, oh well, if you went to Glasgow University and actually should you should have gone to Edinburgh, it's pretty easy to just switch coasts and, 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 and yeah. change and, and find a new training group, but... yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what they could do in the. What, what, the university system is just it's just a different ballgame yeah, altogether. Yeah. I mean, these these the universities out here are multi-million dollar organizations, and then when you go to when you get involved with big universities that have big football programs, big American football programs, yeah. and and. Like that I mean you literally are talking multi million dollar sports teams, yeah. these teams. So it's, uh, it's it's a bit mental. Yeah. Um and I don't think the money that allocation of money will ever be like that in the UK and I don't necessarily think it should be, but no. yeah. um you know, there there are certainly it seems now there's there's certainly more opportunities I would say now in the UK um than there was when I was coming out of, of of high school, it seemed like really it was Loughborough or St Mary's, and nobody at Loughborough even sent me an email and anything like that. So yeah, it, it yes. wasn't even like an option. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is wild well to think about now, but that, uh, that's what it, it, yeah. that's what it was at the time. Um, yeah. And but now, I mean, in, in Scotland we've got groups like Andy Young and, and stuff like that that are. At the top of the game, I yeah. there he is a hundred percent an elite athlete coach. Yeah, but you know that those those in, those situations are pretty far few be, few and far between. So um maybe we could do with a couple more set like that. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. It's difficult difficult to get those setups.
3: ups yeah.
4: without a proven coach, and yeah. and Andy had to prove himself for for years with with Wara and and um and now Gemma and some of the other the other athletes are proven that that is a, absolutely an elite group um yeah but it's hard to throw money at people to set up a group like that in, in other cities without without them proving that they can do it
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah no that sounds really good so sort of now you're as you've you've made it to what everyone's dream is is you know as, a, as an adidas sponsored athlete what's that like you know is it you know, to, to kind of rewind a little bit, when I came out
4: of university, nobody had from the university until I had gone pro before. Right. So okay. Didn't know yeah. the coach didn't really know yeah. what we were doing. Obviously, my parents have never known anybody yeah. that had gone pro before, so we didn't really we didn't really know what we were doing. And so you're relying a hundred percent on on your agent. Yeah. Um, and I picked my agent Ray Flynn 100% on how I felt about this guy yeah. as like somebody that I would you know I was effectively trying to find somebody that was as close to my family ethos as possible yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Ray fit that mold and then so I left, left it up to him to, to, to kind of come back to me with, with options and um, long very, very long story short, um, signed with Adidas and yep. moved up to Boston to to um somewhat be part of this Boston Athletic Association high performance team. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. but not being American, I was half in, you know, they were supporting me, but they actually didn't really this is like an American track programme. So okay. they didn't yeah. really want me in to to be as like, you know, to be like the guy that was the forefront of the group. So it was yeah. a bit of a strange situation but
0: did you not wear your uh, did you not wear your kilt, you know? Like get your kilt on and, uh, <laughs> I, I get know. the Scottish twang I out. Know you know. <laughs> they, they do love it.
4: They yeah. do love it, but they were uh, you know they, 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 the 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 Boston Athletic Association has a rich history of team mm. Send uh, this this team having athletes qualify for Olympics. Yeah, okay. And that's what they were trying to do. Mm. But it's obviously it's a difficult ball game that. So um, yeah, they were that they were trying to do, but with Americans and it wasn't quite wasn't quite working out. But um, got a lot to a lot to give thanks to them as an organisation um, because they helped me a lot. And then obviously Adidas was always my primary sponsor, and they. Were kind of funding me through that and, yeah. and that was, was huge and and then i signed another um four-year contract with them so um at the end of next year i will have been with adidas for eight years oh
0: wow that's amazing yeah
4: so um i'm very very fortunate in that in that regard but yeah. you you know like you said it is it is difficult to be like any job there yeah. are performance goals um yeah. and you know, it's. I always liken it to being a a plumber or a or a joiner or something yeah, like that because yeah. you're you're paid specifically to do the job, and yeah. if you don't do it, like if you hire me to come and build your conservatory and I only build eighty percent of it, you'll <laughs> be like, your foot I'm not yeah. paying you." And so that's it. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's kind of the the structure of how a professional athlete is. I mean, that's you're a contracted. Um, you're not employed, You're not an employee of Adidas. You're you're contracted out yeah. by them to okay. do a job for them. And if you can't do that job, well then you shouldn't be getting paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as oh. long as you hold that, as long as you maintain that that idea, and don't um, take it for granted, and don't expect to be paid for not doing a job, then yeah. um, you won't be surprised.
0: Yeah. You've definitely earned your keep. That's for sure. You know the performances that you've got. Like I say, you know, you've so many incredible performances. You know, Scottish records. Uh, you know, all time records. Second all time. Um, you've got so many different things. You've you've won. You know, records in the NCAA as well. Have you still got some of those ones? The mile ones, there. Yeah.
4: I don't. uh maybe I. I think I might have an indoor fifteen hundred. Right. Okay. Doesn't really catch up because. It was a sp- it was the fifteen hundred meter split.
0: Right. Okay. So
4: um, I can't I can't even remember what year yeah. I broke the mile record, yeah. but it was at it was that the was in the 1-meter mile, and they had they have a fifteen hundred meter split. And the next year, Laue La Lalang, uh, who ran for uh, Arizona at the time, now runs for uh, Nike. He ran. He actually broke the mile record, but didn't run faster through the fifteen hundred. Uh-huh. <laughs> So nice. I still have the fifteen minutes record I think. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm not really sure. But uh, it's one of those kind yeah. of by by default things but um it's uh, yeah, that's um something I'm very proud of to have broken that my old record and and unfortunately I'm part of the the unfortunate crew of people who, who over the years have won an NCAA title. Yeah then next year broke the national record and yeah. then in that same season lost the national title race. Um, <laughs> and it's happened five or six times yeah. to where the person has broken the record, doesn't win the national title. So it's a bit of a, it, they, they call it the, the NCAA mile record curse or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm part of that group, which is not uh, good. but yeah. Uh, um,
0: there's worse yeah. things to to have, eh? You know the. But right. I, I I just look at your CV and I'm just amazed at how many you know because you track track racing. You know, there's more events that you can do, so it doesn't look that bad compared to if you were doing marathons or ten k's. But nonetheless, you know your you, you, the races that you, you you've done. You know, some incredible races that you've done. You like the. The Peyton Jordan international, the New York, like all these different races. Like, what what's your favourite sort of race that you've done in the the states?
4: Probably, probably Millrose Games, the the one-mile, Mil- yeah. and it, it's obviously, yeah, obviously favourable in my mind, having having now won it twice. Yeah. but um, it's one of the most historical mile races in the world. Um, yeah, and so. To just be a part of it and to be a part of the kind of group of people that gets invited to it. Yeah. Um, uh, it used to be in the Madison Square Garden. It used to be run in the Madison Square Gardens um, around like a 120 meter wooden track. <laughs> and yeah, people like Eamon Coughlin, Eamon Coughlin have won it seven or eight times, and they used to run like 350. If not quicker, I think somebody may well have broken three. May well have been able to them, They broke three fifty on this hundred and twenty meter four lane wooden track. Wow, that's
3: incredible! And,
4: and you're just the like, you, the the videos are on YouTube, and if you go back to watch them. You're like, it just looks like they're turning all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like like uh, a twelve lap race or something like that <laughs> around this hundred and twenty meter track, and and you go. And, and the first year that it wasn't at the Madison Square Gardens was the first year that I was invited to it in yeah. college. And I, and I hadn't yet received news that it wasn't going to be at Madison Square Garden.
0: Right, okay. Uh-huh. So I
4: got the invite and I was like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. you get, get to go and compete at this amazing venue on this wacky track. <laughs> um, and, and then they're like, no, no, it's at the Armory. It's like one of the best tracks in the nation, I'm like, oh, well, that's good in a way, but also a bit, a bit gutting that you did, I yeah. guess, in Madison Square Garden and just historical setup, but, um, uh, yeah, I, that's probably, probably the most, probably my favourite venue and my favourite meet as a whole to, to compete
0: at. Yeah. I think that was the one that you you took like you say you took you took your family there as well and you, you could see the joy in your face when you won the event. It was just incredible to watch. And um, you know, I, I know Tom's a a big fan of yours, and he was uh, you know we were we were chatting about your results and talking running shorts uh, a few months ago. So it's uh, it's incredible. What's in terms of the sort of times you know what your mile times are just absolutely phenomenal and then um, you know, you've you've run a, a 351 it was the avenue mile what was that then you what was that like
3: um
4: that's uh, yeah that's a bit of a crazy one that's just a, a road mile that yeah, just yeah runs straight down the avenue you're gonna know, start at uh, just past the met museum and then finish right by the plaza hotel almost so um yeah i think Oh, I can't remember what year that was. That I around three
0: fifty one, but I mean, um, that was uh, it, th- last year, I think. Yeah, I believe. It? Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah.
4: Yeah, you don't. You kind of don't really think about the how fast you're going, yeah. um, and because the splits don't really mean much because the first half is kind of uphill, right. and then downhill. So okay, you know, there's there's not it's not a whole lot of elevation gain or, or loss, but yeah. it's um, you, you feel it. it, is, it um, you split. It don't really mean anything. So it's not till you finish, and well, you can't see the clock anyway because your eyes are just lactic out. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's that is a good, that's a great event. Um, the New York Roadrunners, you know, who do, who do Fifth Avenue is um, they do some pretty crazy, pretty pretty astonishing events.
0: Yeah, there isn't really anything like that really in the UK, which I think maybe would would add some some taste to some of these events uh bringing these sort of things you don't get that buzz really compared to in the states anyway it's uh but that's uh,
4: fun to do a road mile down the royal mile in edinburgh oh
0: brilliant um, you, i tell you that would be, be an absolute <laughs>
4: there'd be some ankles broken for sure because i'm pretty sure there's there's still cobbles down most of it but oh. um It'd still be it'd still be you'd you get some kind of low three forties running
0: probably. Oh, uh, at least anyway, you know, you <laughs> the, Edinburgh, yeah. the Edinburgh guys come down and destroy them the, the mile, that'd be amazing. Yeah, would be
4: great.
0: Yeah. yeah. Be great. We'll try and get that set up. We'll do an unofficial time running shorts mile and uh, we'll invite there we'll, we'll get you over, right? So Matt and the
4: tourists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what about um like you know we're, we're kind of chatting about what it's, what life's uh like for you now and you've got um you know, you've got a, you're, you're now a father um, a father of two now are not you yeah so what's what's that like with sort of training and racing um now yeah uh, you know one when we had ronan ronan's our eldest he's, he's three and a half and Right.
4: he yeah. uh, you know, we had him up in Boston and, and it was quite kind of, it was still quite easy, yeah, um, okay. so to speak. Um, obviously, it was difficult, sleeplessness and whatnot. And that first year we had Ronan, That he was born at the end of October. And that indoor season, that January, and uh, uh, January, February, March, that whole indoor season, which I didn't actually race, yeah. um, I ran all my mileage I was track sessions on the treadmill in the living room. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because a, my wife was at work. So um, it was either, it was either, mean she was leaving for work at eight o'clock, so it was either get up at five something, yeah. four something every day, and run in the cold and the dark. And, and Boston's winters are pretty
3: brutal. Oh, so, yeah, yeah.
4: Um, you know, getting out of bed at five o'clock to run in minus fifteen, <laughs> minus twenty with the rain and the snow smashing against your faces I was just like, nah. <laughs> I, I bought a treadmill, put it in the lift room and and uh, waited for our downstairs neighbours to go to work. <laughs> oh, for I started wrapped up in their apartment. They probably got home and they were like I don't remember that being over there. That piece of our Pretty sure that was over there. But yeah. the house was that? And we ran on the <laughs> for an hour. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so. That's mad. But I mean, that, you kind of just get on with it, um, and that was that was 2017, and I made the world the world final come come August in London. so yeah. um uh, you You know, you make things work, but it's definitely more difficult with two. I'll say that. Um, yeah. Uh, Riley was born in July last year, so he's nine months something. Almost ten months maybe. Um, what, what, what date was he, he born
0: in July? The second. Ah, oh, second. Uh, Logan was born in the sixth, so uh, aye, right. so, uh right. They'll be they'll be racing each other and when we've retired, eh?
4: Right, <laughs> right. Racing each
0: other through the aye. hills of each really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry, what were you saying? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, nine I months really, out, right? It's been a bit more difficult with two and, and just kind of dealing with it.
4: it's it's been more difficult to be a father to yeah. two, but also to be a husband to, to a wife of two is has been a bit more difficult. But nobody yeah. um, said it would be easy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things. Yeah. But ultimately, there's nothing, you know, uh, you know. That's now I'm, I'm scared of even saying it because it's so cliche that it's it makes me want to vomit in my mouth. But <laughs> it,
3: you
4: know, all these all these races that have that. Have, I've done and ran well and whatever you know. Yeah, they're not as as rewarding as as playing with the kids. So yeah. um, mm. you know, it's just it, it does add it added so much to my to my life that yeah. um, you, it, it's pretty easy to put up with the times where you just want to stick your head in the hole and and scream. But
0: yeah. Uh, yeah that's yeah, a lot of fun that's brilliant yeah so what what, we, you know for, for people like me what sort of advice so I'm you know I'm kind of similar to you where I'm nine months in and you're you know three and a half years in what sort of advice would you give you know dads and, and mums even who, who are training and trying to get personal best whether or not they work or they're, they're professional athletes what, what's your what's your golden nugget of advice Chris well that's the difficult one
4: um My life would have been a lot easier if I had that.
3: Um,
4: (laughs) You know, I'm just about kind of, you know, I think we often get caught up in just trying to make things, especially in in the world today with social media and all sorts. It's easy to get caught up in trying to do things perfectly or pseudo perfectly to where it looks perfectly um yeah, yeah. And, and 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 then that is easy to kind of cut corners um and you know you know to cut a corner just to get your instagram post in um as as easier than some yeah. easier sometimes than just doing it so yeah. um you know my my only my only real advice or my only advice that i would feel comfortable actually like, giving to anybody would be to just relax a bit yeah okay (laughs) that's good Uh let's go with the flow a bit more um you know whether they're parents or not you know me just me just getting older and the sport i've realized that you know from from a performance side and from a parenting side there's there's too many things that you can't control um and that's not worth stressing about them and so it's just like right well acknowledge that it's there acknowledge that it's stressing you out, acknowledge that it's stressing your wife out, yeah. acknowledge why the kids are screaming at you for no reason whatsoever, or what seems like to be no reason whatsoever, and try to remove the frustration from that. And if you kind of acknowledge that all of these factors are there, yeah, and understand that they're all there, you don't necessarily have to accept them, you just have to acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. It's a bit easier to go, well, okay, well, not that big a deal if I only get two hours of sleep tonight right, I'll okay. just I'll just have a nap tomorrow if I can yeah. or I'll just drink eight cups of coffee before I go for my run and I'll, <laughs> run, and I'll feel better once my run's done yeah. instead of sitting there oh, bloody hell I've got I've got a tempo I've got yeah. eight miles worth of tempo running to do tomorrow I, to, to add up to a 14 15 mile day how the bloody hell am I going to do a yeah. 15 mile day yeah Two
3: or three
0: hours of sleep, but um, you just get it done, and you move on to the next day, and hopefully they don't scream all like the next night. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I was going to kind of have a a kind of quick chat about your your training. I like to say you're coached by Terence Mahon, and he's a a world renowned coach, and um, you know I've I've kind of read up on some of his training, and so sort of for you, what would you what would you be doing during your, you know, as a typical training week, for example, what what would your, your sort of sessions look like and your mileage and things kind of currently where you're at now, uh, compared to maybe 10, 15 years ago. What, what's it like now, Chris?
4: Um, honestly, not that far removed. Yeah.
3: Okay. Just
4: more, um, just more volume. Right. Um, yeah. so, you know, it, 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 right now, um, this time of year, um, I am. Um, we kind of we made the decision to kind of restart a little bit with the whole coronavirus and everything like that. So we yeah. just decided to go. Okay, well, we're going to restart and move the whole calendar back to October. Okay. So in yeah. in my mind, we're in right now, and like the end of November, um, kind of come middle of December-ish area at that yeah. time. So. Doing more volume, or doing more um, more strength stuff, um, and not doing the speed work. And know you know. Everybody's different, and I'm not going to say I'm not doing this for this reason because um, I don't want anybody to think that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's not. If it's right for them, it's right. Yeah. Um, and but but for me, it was more. You know, I, I was I would have been struggling to go down to the track and run four hundred all out, um, with no races. I'm a big yeah. I'm a big visualisation person. I like to kind of visualize me coming down the home straight at the end of a session and yeah. what I, what my situation is going to be in a race and so without the races it was a bit more difficult. it would have been really difficult for me to go, right, well, this is what I'm, how i how how am I about to go down to the track and do balls to the walk speed work yeah. when no races coming up. So <laughs> that was just me. And, and that's just me and our training group too. I mean, other people of the training group are, are, are starting to do that stuff. So, um, yeah. and But so we kind of reverted back to a, a, a late winter, um, start of the year kind of thing um, program. And so right now it's just building up the mileage and keep building up and keep building the long runs and the longer temples and the longer sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in an average year right now and, and every other year past and hopefully in every other year in the present um yeah. we will i would be i would be kind of transit kind of more still at this time of the year still be doing kind of 3k work okay um to keep that strength up to keep yeah. to, to get me through the round um and then um you know in the next couple of weeks transitioning to be to be doing some pretty Fast stuff,
0: but yeah, um, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'm
4: not not the kind of guy that can go down to the track, do a two mile warm up, run three by five hundred all out, and then and go home. That doesn't. It's yeah. just not going to benefit me as much. you know, And you still need to get five or six k worth of volume out of a, out of a session, even in that heat of track season.
0: Yeah. To,
4: do you? To do what I need to do, but
0: yeah. Do you do a lot of your your sort of high your your faster work with by yourself? Do you do it in a group mainly or? Do you do it by yourself? Or um know
4: um, well, when I talk about my training group it's yeah. um you know now recently rebranded as the Golden Coast Track Club.
3: Oh, okay uh, cool. yeah.
4: at San Diego. Yeah. Um and they so the rest of the group is in San Diego, but um when Terence moved from Boston out to San Diego a couple of years back, yeah um Meredith and I, my wife and I had decided to we were we couldn't move from one expensive coast yeah. with no family to the other expensive coast with no family so yeah. we moved back to where, where Meredith is from and okay. we've got a, a good infrastructure around taking care of the kids and yeah. making sure I can do what I need to do and making sure Meredith can do what she needs to do and um, so uh, I do that intensity fast stuff by myself yeah. um, and but during the during the autumn and into the winter months I do everything pretty much with um, the Tulsa guys um, and they are plenty strong enough to to for what I need for tempos and long runs and, and everything like that so um, yeah. that works out really well
0: yeah okay so it's, uh, they're called the Golden Track Club are they? is that what they're called now? It's is the Cold Track Club yeah cool that's yeah. Cool. yeah. it was um yeah, this, I've got a fartlek question, so that was why I had to add that in. I'll tell you what the fartlek questions are in a bit, Thanks. minute or two. Um, that I can you, You've been mainly at the sort of middle distance. Um, at fifteen hundred, you've gone into three ks. You've you've dabbled in a few five ks as well. Have you? Have you got any plans to to move up the distance? Or are you gonna Are you gonna continue with the the middle distance? What's your thoughts on that?
4: Sure, honestly. Um we're kind of leaving that a little open at the moment with
3: yeah.
4: everything that went on this year yeah. Um,
3: yeah.
4: you know last year we kind of messed it up a little bit um, you know ran the three day indoors and for me personally yeah. I thought I, I I just thought that the five K was going to be a bit easier Okay, not easier yeah. but I, I I didn't I had mean, done five days in the past and I had done longer races in the past but I thought coming off good three k indoor shape, um, I was going to be able to do the, I was going to be able to run faster than the five k than I thought I was going to stand up, and I did, um, okay. and ended up making making another kind of emotional decision that ended up to be somewhat of a bad decision. You know, I ran the first my first one at uh, Peyton Jordan at Stanford, ran yeah. a couple of sixty ones in there to move up the pack because I was like at one point I looked up and I was like, why am I so far back? There's so many, why are there so many people in this race? <laughs> <laughs> I had, a, I had yeah. a bit of like a panic attack that I was okay. way too far back. And I was uh. like, well, I better move up. And then you put, you just put a surge in and then it's all of a sudden you're way closer to the front. Yeah. You know, okay. <laughs> this isn't a 1500, chill out, just relax a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I made some fast moves early on that, that that caught up with me in the last mile and then it was only—it uh, was a bit less than two weeks, I think. Later, I ran another 5K, and 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 uh, ultimately, I wasn't ready to do another one that close. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> I overcorrected. Um, you know, okay. I kind of settled into a pace, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to make any moves until a mile to go." Yeah. But I settled into a pace, and I kind of got stuck in it, and couldn't get my way out of it. So I was just a bit rusty, honestly, in, in terms of running the actual, yeah. the actual how you go about running a five k or running a fast five k, um, and so I would like to do some more, um, and that was the plan for the start of this outdoor season, but okay. obviously that got that got kicked. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think I'm sure we will do some more. I don't know if that's necessarily where my future lies. Um, I don't foresee myself. Running well into my 30s and just keeping bumping up the distance, uh,
3: <laughs>
4: uh, or certainly running at this level. I don't, uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm certainly not looking to take the Kipchoge trajectory and <laughs> every year just get longer and longer and then yeah. find
0: it just burn out and yeah, uh, yeah. What do you what about a 10k? I, I'm running yeah, stuff
4: sub two, 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 but um, yeah, I'm <laughs> not. Uh, the 10K, honestly, sometimes I think, well, maybe the 10K would actually be a bit better because, like, you know, it's not so on the threshold, but if you want to be in a, a you know, I kind of think back to what running the 10K in cross-country was like in college. Yeah. But you're like, okay, well, if you're going to compare trying to, you know, trying to be a world or Olympic finalist in the 1500s, comparing that to college 10k cross country you're comparing apples and oranges and yeah. you're not you're not going to get any benefit of comparing them or what i think about them so um yeah. you know if i i wouldn't want to just transition into a new event um without the aspiration of achieving you know being top 10 in the world something like that mm-hmm. and that is a daunting concept to Transition into the five or the ten, yeah. and being like, Right, these are the guys that I would need to be running with, these are the times that I would need to be running. And you're like, Oh, okay, no,
0: yeah. they're not, yeah, and that <laughs> so must be, like yeah, that must be quite a, a, a huge mindset to, to change. You know, you're used, you're so used to where you are and, and what you need to do, and to go a completely different distance, it would, it would be a little bit, yeah, a, a wee bit challenging anyway, just to find out where I'm how I'm gonna to get to to the level that I was at um in the shorter distances as well. So um so what what about uh you know, it's really interesting it, from a Scottish term to to see so many um of middle distance athletes all over the place racing and doing so well and you're part of that and it's amazing. What so we've got you've got like laura Muir, we've um Oh, Lauren Moore's having a fantastic season so far and um we've got Jake Whiteman, we've got Josh Kerr, so many other athletes to mention. Like what what would you is there is there something in Scotland that we, we need to uh, us runners need to know about or is it the haggis or oh, sure. what is it? Yeah and Haggis, right?
3: I
4: yeah. to
0: Americans are like, wait, what? <laughs> Tell no, the story uh, of uh, going round the hill, you know, with one leg short in the other. You know, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh,
4: honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's funny to think back to, funny to think back to, you know, when I made the team for Worlds in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, I uh, the the Scots from the team were me and. Ailey, just me and Ailey, I think. Yeah. No, me, Ailey, and Ailish. Yeah, I think, if, yeah, and Ailish. And so there's three of us. And I'll really kick myself if I've forgotten someone, but no, I <laughs> I'm see. pretty sure it was just the three of us me, Ailey, and, and, and Ailish. And, and now, and then to think back to I mean, if you go back to last year and you go, okay, well, there were three teams in this, um, the three teams for men and women, yeah. three athletes for men and women in the whole team in two thousand thirteen, and then Scotland had three men, unfortunately, I wasn't one of them, but three yeah. men in the fifteen hundred final at Worlds last year, yeah. so the the that trajectory is quite astonishing, um, and you know, hopefully, I've had some, hopefully, I've had some. Um, part and and kind of you know for the younger for so for, for someone like josh yeah. and jake for to be able to see me doing it uh, or being at a world and go okay well he can do it like he should train with that guy like if he can do it i can do it yeah um, so hopefully i mean you could ask them and be like no i just knew i could do it but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah hopefully there's uh, some part because you know i saw ailey running and and You know, when I went, you know, when I was going to Moscow to do this world championships that I was kind of like, I'm way out of my league here. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, looking at Ailey, I was like, well, Ailey is, you know, like Ailey's from the same, the same, she's gone through the same steps as I have and she can do it. So why can't I do it? And that, and I think that is a huge whether, you, whether that athlete says I out loud or not, even on a subconscious level, seeing somebody that they know or seeing somebody that, you know, looks like them, talks like them, came up in the same system as them, seeing that they can do it is, is really all an athlete needs to be able to do it. So yeah. I'm hoping that kids in another, I'm hoping that in another 10 years from now kids are, you know, kids are seeing seeing Josh, Jake, and Neil in the fifteen hundred yeah. final last year, and and my, then myself and everybody else that are with the, within British athletics, yeah, um, British running. And that you know, you go right. Well, there's no there is no limit for us as Brits. You know, the limit that we with it. You know, the limit that we put on ourselves as British people or Scottish people. It goes alright Well, we're not as good at football as. Everyone, we're not as good at running yeah. as the Africans or the Americans. Like, you know, there's now enough evidence for us for kids to watch on TV and go, "No, bugger that." Yeah, we are good to do that. Yeah, and if I keep and if I do what, and if I aspire to be what you guys are doing, then I can be there as well. And, and that's that's huge. And I just hope that, and I and I'm 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 very confident that within Scottish athletics we've got the the, the right people. Um in Scottish athletics yeah. to to nurture that talent and to nurture that desire yeah, um, and I really hope that coronavirus hasn't rogered it and they're not <laughs> set up the next season by PlayStation
0: <laughs> I think absolutely bang on um, and, and I, I, I personally think people are watching you guys on the TV and they are definitely inspired by it and you can see the participation the growth and in grassroots athletics and, and, and you're you're part of that. So absolutely I, I think you are playing your part. So it's it's amazing and, and I, I think uh you know hopefully in the in the future we'll see uh, our our kids racing each other as well, you know, in the World Athletics Championships and the some some distances. <laughs> I'm
4: trying to push mine into tennis and golf um yeah I'm gonna try and push mine into sports that Pay a bit better.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> true say, My wife always
4: says, Well, they might not be professional athletes, I wind her up. I'm like, Well, they better
0: <laughs> For you, looking ahead to you know, next later on in the year, we chatted about later on in the year, but into next year, there's the Tokyo Olympics. Um, is that the sort of next aim for you then? And yeah, it doesn't really change the goals much, they're just kind of com- compressing.
4: What we're what we're doing and, yeah. and this is going to be a kind of a two-year compression instead of a one-year season so okay um, yeah the goals are the same and and uh, honestly with the the the, sur- the resurgence of British tracking field at, yeah. it, or fifth, certainly in the 1500s it, 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 it changes that goal a little bit to the first and foremost you've got to be able to compete yeah. with your own with your own teammates your yeah. own compatriots so um that's uh, you know that is the goal I mean if you can make the team then you're going to be in a you're going to have to be fit and fast enough to to make the final so uh, of a world or an Olympics. so um, you know all the other guys coming on so hot have have almost made it a wee bit easier or a wee bit they made the goal a bit more kind of easy to understand in a way um, to where you just go right look first and foremost I've got to make that team yeah so um, that's definitely the goal, and, and, and just keep
0: just keep rolling with it. Yeah, going. And are you going to be sticking to the fifteen hundred? Yeah, no. I believe so. Yeah,
4: okay. <laughs> Certainly yeah. at the moment that's still the game plan. Yeah, but right.
3: um,
4: yeah, one of those things that i learned as I got older is just to, to be a bit more flexible and a bit more fluid. So yeah. Hopefully, okay. I'll 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 try and try and keep that keep that mindset um, moving forward. Then. And not
3: not
0: trying to overcomplicate it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Right. So the fartlek questions essentially that you can have one word answers uh, if you want. Uh, you can elaborate up to you. Um, so the right. first the first one is uh, indoor or outdoor. Indoor. Indoor. Nice. Edinburgh AC, University of Tulsa, or Gold Coast Track Club. What's your favourite club? Um, Tulsa. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, Edinburgh AC mates would be kicking off just now. Eh? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> What's your favourite shoe? Um,
4: probably the Solar Boost.
0: Okay, what are they like then? What are the Solar? I haven't had a pair yet.
4: They're good. It's it's uh, it's just a mileage shoe, but yeah, yeah, it's
0: yeah,
4: yeah. really comfy and and like comfy, but still got some structure to it, so you know you're still being you know you can go for a two our long run and yeah. still be supported in it, but um, you know you're not going to get any rubbing or any or any sore bits yeah. just because it's you, know, it's you know the the material doesn't fade or anything like that. And the boost the boost technology is just amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really they're, they're really good shoes.
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Favorite movie? The Fighter. Oh, nice. Good good answer. I don't think we've heard that one yet. That's a cracking movie. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah, your, yeah what's your favorite race um probably Mil- i
4: want to make a mile
0: nice nice what's your favorite session uh a
4: nice easy four mile run <laughs> nah <laughs> uh, probably probably something that you know is quite simple like 10 400 or something like that they just Gets down, you can yeah. you can measure it as you go along, and then you can throw some confidence booster reps right. in at the end. Just ah. you know, just
0: crack the pace up. Yeah, I would dread to know what your pace is in the last few four hundreds. Ah, I'll but... leave
4: it. Leave the fantasy up to you because it's probably not as fast as you think. <laughs>
0: I was uh, I was lucky enough to break seventy this uh this morning for my four hundreds. I went out and did 15 400s, and I was like, "Oh yes, I got a 69. Brilliant.
3: Brilliant. Yeah, over ten,
4: and that's not that's no good for me. Once you know,
0: <laughs> uh, what's your worst race experience? Um, well,
4: let me break out my list. <laughs> uh, probably, probably uh, Europeans outdoors. Um, 2018. Yeah. Uh, because I that, that whole year was just a, a massive roller coaster. I had had a good. I had won one milrose. Then I got banged up. Couldn't run or didn't run well at World Indoors because I was, was just my foot was shredded. And then uh, com came round really quick, so I didn't yeah. really get a chance to get as fit as I needed to be. Um, and then. Um. So, th- but then I managed to get back on the kind of climb back up the hill and ran three thirty. God, I don't even know. I ran in Monaco. That's yeah. not good when you don't even know your own PV. Like <laughs> 3.33 maybe. Um,
0: and then 3.32 thirty two, isn't it? You. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Uh, um,
4: and then uh, came into Berlin in a really good spot mentally. I Had a really good training camp in Sammeritz. Yeah. Um, was in a great spot, and then did just my final, my heat was great. I felt great in my heat, and f- like I woke up the day after the heat thing. I'm like, yeah. I don't even feel like a race. Like I feel excellent. Yeah. You got, you know, you just you just when all these things are clicking, and you're like, one of those medals is bang Like I'm gonna, like, and then the final just I actually it was a bit of a weird one because I felt. We were running really slow it felt like we weren't going that fast at all oh, really? so i yeah. was running the race like we weren't running fast yeah you know put myself in position all the time being in position to strike all the time yeah which you don't need to do if it's fast and it was a bit faster than i than i felt like it was and so we got to you know we got to 300 to go and i'm like all right just move up a wee bit and then 200 to go move up a wee bit and i had just made in hindsight, obviously hindsight's perfect, I had made way too many little move, little moves that I was making subconsciously. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to hit the afterburners with, I mean, with 120 meters to go, I was like, I'm, I could still win this race. Yeah, okay. And, and then with 100 meters to go, I was like, all right, just run for a medal. Yeah. Like, Jakob is gone. Just stay stay smooth and run for a medal. Not even ten meters later, the wheels had fallen off. Oh no! Oh. Uh, I just went backwards, and yeah. I think I finished eighth or ninth or something like that. So yeah. uh, um, that was that was really difficult uh, mentally to get over. That yeah. was the most difficult thing um, in recent years for me to, to deal with. it yeah. Kind of put me okay. really put me in a really bad spot mentally. Yeah. But, okay. um, fortunately, and, family and whatnot yeah. really helped me yeah that
0: one but that was rough yeah it must be great to to feel like you know when you have that a setback and then you're you're you get a great race your training's going really well and and you break your pbs and things like that you win races that you have last year it's just must be a great feeling to, to have to bounce back it's great to bounce back and,
4: and pull some momentum and and carry that momentum on.
0: Um, unfortunately, this year's momentum got slacked yeah. by the whole season stuff, But um, that is what it is, and you yeah. just go with it. So yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> definitely. I like that. that's it. The long fartlek, short and long. So I like that. It's a long fartlek interval. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah. What what's uh, what do you prefer, rest day or recovery
3: run? Um,
4: recovery run, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like a rest day when you wake up and you don't have to do anything. Ah, but nice. um, come the end of the day, you feel more, you feel better having done the recovery run. Yeah,
0: yeah. Morning shuffle or evening saunter? Uh,
4: morning, definitely.
0: Nice. Where's your, what's your favourite place to run, or where's your favourite place to run?
4: Um, you know, we went on our, my wife and I did our honeymoon in Rome. And oh, amazing! Yeah and then I went back to Rome the next year for the Diamond League and I ended up yeah. actually being there for about 10 days before the race because yeah. I went from one race to, to the next. And, um, and there's, there's the, the river, the trail, the path that runs by the river It uh, just follows the river is yeah. just really, really cool. And whenever you yeah. really pop up off the river, you're just beside something astonishing. Oh, so amazing. that's, that's probably, it's probably my favorite place.
3: Yeah,
0: okay, cool. Who's your running hero?
4: Honestly, I don't have one. Yeah. Um. A strange thing to, to say, but you know we didn't. You know, I I was kind of the first person to run in in my family, and, yeah. and didn't really come to it. Um. Didn't grow up watching running or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't really well, I have one. I don't really draw much inspiration from athletes from our sport. Yeah. Um just athletes in general, whoever, you know, athletes who are at the top of their game, um, that I believe to be clean, which is a different ballgame, which we will, we will not get into. But, <laughs> yeah, um, that must be, uh,
0: oh, something <laughs> else. Look. That is what <laughs> it is. Yeah. What's your, um, your, your, your favourite cake or biscuit? It's a random one. It's a Um,
4: definitely just like a, a, caramel chocolate digestive. Nice. Um,
0: but I'm uh, not not a huge fan of cake, honestly. So yeah. Um, so some of the, the cake, are, are the crisp. Yeah, the cake in the states is uh, you know it's artificial as hell, isn't it? Some of this stuff. Right. Well, like every, like everything else. Like yeah. Everything
3: else. Nothing.
0: yeah. Uh, are you an organic here? Is probably still ninety percent GMO. Right. Are you a beer drinker? Do you have a beer now and again? Or are you? Are you off that? As, a, uh, as an athlete or? I
4: don't like I don't like beer honestly yeah. I've never really liked beer um, I like ciders and um, as I get I get older I, I like a whiskey every now and again oh,
0: nice aye bring that out as a uh, in the States eh? yeah <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, what, yeah what's um uh, we-
4: i say you're definitely not going to want to try and like American beer. It's not (laughs) something that you want to acquire the
0: taste to. Oh, no. no. We do ask one question. um, If you were to do like a beer mile, for you it would be a a cider mile. What sort of time do you think you could run? So you'd run, obviously...
4: Probably about 32 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Like... Yeah, there's definitely not. I've got quite a, a, a bit of a weak stomach anyway okay. for, for running. I mean, if I, you know, if I drink too, if I've drank too much of my own, like, water before I do a card session, it's coming up. So, oh, really? Oh, uh, man. Oh. It's, uh, I'm... I'm uh, Somewhat renowned for for leaving my breakfast on the track, so um, I wouldn't. I would be disqualified for sure. I wouldn't get yeah, yeah. around without chucking up, my gut.
0: <laughs> well, one before we go, one bit of advice you would give all our listeners in terms of improving performance. Would you? What would you give them?
4: Um, I think it's just uh, for me. As if you know, if I'm trying to give advice to the best way for me to kind of process that question is to think about how I would give advice to, to my, a younger me or to yeah. one of my sons and it would be to just have, and it sounds really cliche, but to just have fun with it. Yeah,
3: yeah,
4: yeah. In, yeah. It's not, I mean, as sure as you get older, you, I, I, I can appreciate mental health a bit better and, yeah. and having gone through the emotional roller coasters that is professional sport. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, if you're not having fun with it and if you if it's not coming from a place of enjoyment or, or kind of deep rooted commitment to it, um, then you're not, then you're just kind of fooling yourself and you're yeah. not going to be, you may get some good results, but it's not going to be, it's not good. One, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Uh, and two, I mean, I think uh, you, it, it's easy to get caught up in, it's easy to get caught up in uh, how important running is when ultimately it's not really that
0: important. Yeah, yeah no, that's, sure. that's bang on. Really interesting you say that. And Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, before we go, how can we follow you? I know you've also got a Twitter account. Uh, is there any other way that we can see you or follow you?
4: Uh, Twitter and Instagram yeah. are really the only things I, I use. and yeah. try not to use them that much, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: yeah uh, cool. no, that's it, really. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll certainly, on the Shorts will certainly be uh, following your progress and and keeping the listeners updated anyway. So, well, Chris, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been great for me and uh, for the listeners.
1: Superb. Thank you for coming on, Chris. Uh, that's a really really cool person to get on. I know my wife is going to be delighted to hear that Chris O'Hare is on the show with uh, that Boston connection. That's cool.
0: Yeah. I was. Uh, I really enjoyed interviewing him. It was brilliant. You know, it was a fantastic evening just to chat about running. Uh, yeah. All the best for the, the next few months, Chris. And hopefully the training goes well. And uh, hopefully see you soon. Right.
1: Runner's rant. So we've got a rant. We've got, a, we're, as we said last week, the rants have been coming in, which is great. Keep them coming in. We... You know, it's amazing even we think we've got a lot and suddenly two weeks later we're already halfway through them. So, yeah, keep them coming in. This week we've got a rant from Greg Templeton. Now, Greg says um, his rant would be those who have crawled out of their house, those who have never really ran and who have now decided that running is a sport for them. This is great to get people active in the sport, but they end up running with headphones and glued to the phone. I've seen on several occasions runners almost wiping out people as they're not looking where they're going. A woman was running down the street on the pavement. I may add, blindly running whilst looking at her phone, which she almost wiped out an older guy. Maybe I'm just getting older and annoyed by anything, but come on. Kyle, <laughs> what's your take on this? Oh,
0: it happens so too often. It's actually not just happening and running though. Like at the moment, the amount of walkers—you think the amount of walkers around Africa just now is crazy? I know, I know everyone's getting there once a day, but and everyone's been furloughed or they're working from home but bloody hell like if you're going to come out if you're going to go out like have a bit of like just a bit of respect when you're like just be a bit mindful that other people are going out for their walk or their run as well like you know and that that goes to runners as well and like i i, I for one if i'm going out for a run uh, myself i'll run on the road like you know i'm not running on pavements because there's too many idiots just not looking where they're going and they're not they're not going on the road either so I put the, the almost the, the, the risk in my hands to go in the road where I can, and uh, it's just annoying. Like you know, just just um, just a bit of common sense. But rules just, of the road, the rules of you're walking and running, just
1: absolutely. I, that uh, really pisses me off when you're running on a trail or a pavement or whatever, and you can see someone in front of you staring at their phone. And if they're walking away from you and they can't, they obviously got their headphones and they can't hear you coming. That's slightly annoying, but more. Acceptable because they're not looking at you. But when someone's walking towards you, head down on their phone, and a few times I've shouted like "Eyes up, mate!" or "You know, look, you know, watch <laughs> out," right? because you know I don't want to go left and they they get a fright and they go left and I clatter into them. um Okay, the non-runner would say, oh why don't you stop and let them pass?" But you know, I'm not I'm not running it. I'm not sprinting past them. I'm jogging past them, but I'm still moving cl- quickly enough. It wouldn't be good to catch them. Um, if yeah, they're so, not
0: if they're not looking where they're going, then that's.
3: That's exactly. That's it's not their it. fault. Yeah, yeah. It's, um,
0: it's not for you to stop really, unless it's they're clearly not looking and they're gonna, you know, and th- there's actually that within that two meter rule at the moment. And that this is this isn't this doesn't just apply to to the social distancing. This applies at any time. Eh? And really. uh, can I
1: just say how you know the, we're not we're a running show, so we can we can knock them. How many m- groups of guys do you see cycling together? Either there are <laughs> there are, there are loads of houses in Aberdeen where four or five cyclists live together, or there's a there's more there's a you know there's a, just a lot of male cycling partnerships who go out together. But it's 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 I've been the, impressed by that how many groups of cyclists you see on the road who are clearly not father and son or 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 a father or husband wife or you know it's big groups.
0: Yeah, the peloton of uh, of of cyclists, you know, coming towards yeah. you, know, I, I okay. That's a big I, house, mate. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well that, that's a cracking uh, a cracking rant. And um I see in, in his his the, the bottom part of his note uh, he's also got a, a PS4 as well. and um, uh his handles how bad are bananas? <laughs> so uh feel free to add him, Tom.
1: Yeah, well, sure. to, uh, well PS4. I, I have been on the uh, well, PS4 I haven't been on in a while, but I'm um yeah, I was, uh, I think maybe if I jump back onto some FIFA action or something eventually, I'll give my a shout.
0: So what are you, what are you playing? in the, Well, what were you playing then?
1: Uh, what was I playing? Uh, I was playing, I've got a Star Wars game I was playing. Uh, ironically, I stopped playing at lockdown and I've not played during lockdown.
0: I've been and uh, talking about Star Wars, so I'm in episode four of the Star nice. Wars. So uh, what's original uh, the, and classic. the original one now? Yeah, I knew hope. Yeah, very good. They're long though, aren't they? What the hell? They're Great like two films. half hours each. Like some, the, what was it, the second episode? Uh it was oh, this is the longest one, and therefore brilliant. Got to the third one. It was only three minutes shorter than the second one.
1: Just to be fair, episode two is pretty poor. It's it's proper filler. I'm a big fan oh. of episode three, I think I think the prequels rightly so get a bad hit, but episode three serves a good purpose with the uh That Obi-Wan uh Anakin Anakin, Classics.
0: Ah, It's brilliant. Yeah. But I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the joys of Disney Plus. (laughs) So other than other than that, uh, we have one more we don't really have a TRS run of the week, do we, Tom? Is there anyone you want to
1: there's a couple one person I'm gonna give a shout out, and I'm not we're not gonna give a run of the week because she's been on here enough and she's had it twice, so you know, um she she knows we're a fan of hers. Morag Miller is now like eight months, eight months, two weeks or three weeks or something pregnant, ran a 540 mile or 545 or something mile in the Scottish Athletics virtual mile on the weekend. That is outrageous.
3: She's absolutely
1: outrageous. Like every time I see a post from Morag, and I know Morag listens. So you see that, like that's me done. I'm not running anymore. I'm finished. And then the next day rocks out something ridiculous like a 5k or a mile. She is very impressive. So good on you. But you're not getting TRS run of the week again.
0: No, what about? Uh, well, talking about last week's uh, TRS run of the week, Ali Sutherland. He's still going, eh? <laughs> I just checked his Strava. He's on uh, the 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 twenty fifth marathon in a row. <laughs> I think. I, I think that.
1: I think that we can. Do you know what, if Ali? I don't even know if Ali listens. Ali, if you need an insert, Carol and I were talking about this before. How long is he going to go for? if you need an incentive to go, we will keep giving you TRS run of the week as
3: long as you're going.
0: <laughs> he said, I've just looked at his one on the 9th of May, right? It's the 23rd one. <laughs> he ran 28 miles. It's not <laughs> even a marathon. Uh, but I think he must have had to run that because he did a, a looped course.
1: Ah, so, see. You so know, we, you have to yeah. keep...
0: There's no point just stopping <laughs> you two just miles get home before. As well. So... Uh, so uh, what, how he, is
1: how is the splits looking? Is he still is, he, is uh, he's uh pretty averaging pretty, last week?
0: Four hours, you know, around about the four hour mark, you know, uh the May the sixth, four oh eight, um May the May the seventh, three fifty one, three fifty three, four fifteen, four ten, like he's uh he's hitting it pretty well, eh? he's sitting the splits pretty well, eh? Four oh nine, um aye, decent. Four oh eight. Mental, absolutely mental. Just, he's got. Yeah, I see. He's got alley, quite a alley. lot of. Uh, he's you getting a lot needs, of kudos. Yes. You just need to upload them. You know, just manually upload them. Save yourself the effort.
1: I get um, get involved. I see Big Martin Butcher's Martin Butcher's got involved. Martin's been uh, Martin's listened to the show. He's been he's getting involved in the chat on on uh, on there. So listeners, give Ali a follow. This is a this is the a new feature until he stops.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good on you, Ali. I hope you I mean, if you want to keep going, any incentive? Just listen to the TRS uh, I, on repeat.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 not someone who usually thinks just because you've gone. I'm not someone who usually says just things because someone's run a long way. Uh, that's amazing. You know, uh, I think there's... But this is amazing. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed
0: by this. I'm looking at some of his pictures and there's pictures of him in the, in the snow, <laughs> in the dark, in the head torch. <laughs> but I, I don't know if it was... Uh, if it's recently. I don't think it is, but maybe it's not. Who knows? I thought it was maybe at the weekend where all the snow, but imagine that, eh? May time we've got snow, Tommy. Mentor. I know, tell me about it that was pretty,
1: uh, um, I didn't think that was something I was gonna have to face but uh, but yeah. we did anyway.
0: Right. Well we're drying up now folks, I think. So we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. Eh? Grand. So, Tom, I'll do the honors. If anyone wants to contact us tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com, check out our website. I think we've, we've been looking at uh, updating it Tartanrunningshorts.com. Uh, made by our fantastic Lee O'Connor Give us a like on Facebook, give us the, the good old 1,000 likes, uh, maybe a, a, a mention on the show for the thousands of listeners, uh, liker, <laughs> that's a thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, our Twitter handle's at Tartan Shorts at the moment, but uh, hopefully that'll come up soon, um, a slight technical issue with Twitter at the moment, I think, uh, don't know what happened there, Is it, are we back up and running on Twitter yet, Tom?
1: So uh, right, I'll I'll give a th- an update on this. So I cocked up on Twitter. I was trying to get our Twitter turned into like an official account with a little star that T R S. This is the T R S account because you know we're 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 now we're making waves here. So anyway, you have to put in your date, but you have to put in your date of birth, and it says put in your or your company's date of birth. So I put in our date of birth, and our Twitter account has been shut down because they think we're only two <laughs> years old. You have to be thirteen years old to use Twitter. So I've submitted two. Effing forms to Twitter. So annoying, And they've both. T- and the second one said, "You've already submitted it. This is being dealt with. It's a busy period." Oh. How long does it take them? Their bots and their algorithms to work out? A two-year-old is not capable of creating an account <laughs> on Twitter. Sort it out. So to people who follow us on Twitter, I can only apologise. The reason that we've gone silent is my idiocy, but also Twitter's incompetency.
0: <laughs> there you go. There's End are, of run. This is a run. This is a second rant of the episode oh dear well on that note folks we'll leave you to it and hopefully enjoy the outro by uh, Ali McIver which we're going to keep on on the show so yeah thanks again Ali for the for for the the, the jingles for this one yeah there's Thank actually
1: you. on the TRS page there's actually a good YouTube link to it if the listeners want to see it so you can do that go and listen to pop-ups but music because it's ace and go and buy um, windswept beers
0: brilliant absolutely Tom Right. Thanks again, listeners, for listening to us. Hope you enjoyed the long run today and uh, we'll catch up with you next week.